We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Good morning, everybody. It's a chilly Sunday morning in the Delaware Valley, but we count down to Super Bowl 57, seven days. I'm Glenn Mack now, joined by my pal Jody McDonald. How are you today, Jody? Good, except for the fact that I'm ready for some football today. And we have another entire week to wait, but uh, patience is a virtue, right, Glenn? I I guess they got flag football at the Pro Bowl, if that counts for you. (laughs) But here's the good news. Because we got football right here as soon as I press a button. We normally don't take guests at the top of the show, but our peril, our, our pal, thank you, Merrill Reese, is available. Merrill's got something going on later today. So we are talking right at the top. Merrill, I just want to start by saying what a pleasure it was to listen to you and Mike call that game against the Niners. Brilliance, always fun, and what a great season it's been for you and the franchise. Well, it's been wonderful. It has been beyond expectations. I mean, going into the season, Glenn and Jody, I think Mike and I both agreed that this was a pretty good team, that this was a team that will go to the playoffs and and maybe do a little damage. But you can never project something like a Super Bowl. And as the season went on, you started to see them come together, and they're really good. They're really good. They may be the best Eagles team I've been around. All right, so let me see if I can tie you down. When did you know, uh-oh, this is even better than I thought? Was it 3-0, and 4-0, and 5? Was there a game or something that the Eagles were showing or did that you said, wow, this is better than even Mike and I thought before the year started? Yeah, yeah. at that, at that point, people were thinking, could they, could they tie the 17 and other 72 Dolphins? I thought that was a little stretch. But still, I, I could see this team that they were really the best team in the NFC East. No doubt about that. And they would, shot. They would be one of the two or three teams that would have a shot. And uh, they just kept getting better and better. And I, I will tell you guys, I just love what Jalen Hurts has become. Uh, I love the way he handles every situation. I love his coolness. I love his leadership. And I think he has every measurable and every external factor. He's, he's just unbelievable. Okay, so let's, let's uh, talk about him because I, I remember before the season when you and I talked about Jalen Hurts, you were, you were very high on him. I was kind of like, yeah, I like it, but I really need to see a lot more. Let's, you know, let's decide after this year. Well, that decision was made early and obvious. What did you see as this year went on, maybe one or two aspects of his game that you thought really either reached or exceeded expectations? Well, see, I think the biggest mistake that most people made, many people made, uh, I don't want to include you or anybody specifically, but I heard it constantly on WIP that he had only mo- he had modest arm talent. 
but he really yeah, didn't. By have the way, a let me jump in. That that was not my my concern was more accuracy than talent, and my concern was making the right reads. But but, but go ahead. But yes. I heard a lot of people did really, say that. You're right. He really doesn't have a really strong NFL arm, and that is so wrong because I have seen him. I have seen him whistle the ball at 100 miles an hour. I mean, you don't gauge a quarterback's arm strength about how far he can throw the ball because high school quarterbacks can all loft at 60 yards. That's no big deal. It's the velocity with which you can deliver that 20-yard out pattern, and he can get it there in no time flat for the, with a flick of the wrist. Uh, I love his coolness. I have, I have followed him. I enjoyed him at Alabama. I thought they made a big mistake when they replaced him with Tua. I watched him at Oklahoma where he was runner-up for the Heisman. I love his athleticism. But getting to know him, and I, I heard them say this early, that he's a triple-threat quarterback. He's got the arm, he's got the legs, and he's got the mind. And that third factor, that third factor is what really separates the quarterbacks, the ability to read defenses quickly. And he, he is such a student of the game, guys. I mean, he's a guy who comes in on his day off. I remember going back, Sid Gilman, you, you all remember Sid Gilman. He was one of the great offensive Sure, I do. Of San Diego Chargers back in the, way back in the sure. day. Yep. And, and he gave Randall Cunningham a roll of tape one yep. day, a film actually then. They said, I want you to look at this. It shows a lot of the great quarterbacks, Johnny Unitas and uh, you know, so on down the line, all the quarterbacks of that era, reading defenses and going through the progressions. I want you to watch this carefully and watch how they look off the defense. And Randall brought it back the next day, and he gave it to Sid and said, Coach, thank you. This was a great help. And Sid looked at that film, and he had put a little piece of paper about a third of the way in through the film, and it had never been dislodged. Mm -hmm. Randall was just, go out there, have fun, make three big plays a game. This is the antithesis of Randall. I Believe me, nobody had more talent than Randall. But this guy is getting every ounce out of his talent. Uh, Buddy used to say, uh, everybody wants to win, everybody wants to succeed, but are you willing to pay the price? And he pays the price every single day. Football is his profession. Football is his hobby. He is just, he is just all in. He has the drive to be great. And here, there were people last year I used to argue with. They said he'll never be a top-ten quarterback. He's a top-five quarterback right, right. now. I so, now one. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Merrill. Finish. No, go ahead. That's fine. I um, just wanted to ask one more Jalen question. All those great characteristics you just listed, and oh, by the way, I agree with you on every single one of them. The one thing he hasn't done is play in a Super Bowl before. And you know, I know it's a different beast than every other game he's played. And he's played some other big ones, national championship game, last week at home, uh, NFC championship game. Super Bowl is an animal unto itself. Mahomes has already been there a couple of times. Jalen never has. Is that a disadvantage? Can all those great attributes you just gave to him outweigh the fact that he's going to be asked to do something he's never done before? Well, I don't think it can. It can it certainly, experience is a factor. Experience is a factor. But it's interesting, Jody, that you brought that up because I had a, a very nice one-on-one conversation with Jalen yesterday in the locker room. And uh, we've become friendly, and I've gotten to know him quite a bit. And we were talking about the Super Bowl, and I said to him, you know, I have to tell you something. Back in 1981, which was my first Super Bowl, the Eagles had played the Raiders 
Super Bowl 15, and they they lost to the Raiders. It was out in New Orleans, and they got on the plane the next day to come back to Philadelphia. And the guys were talking on the plane, and they were saying, you know, now we've got the Super Bowl experience. Now we know what it's all about. Now we can go back next year and win this thing. Mm. And I thought to myself, and I said, you know, 25 years was the next time they got to the Super Bowl. Mm, yeah. 25 years. So when we were talking about it, I, I said to Jalen, you know, every, every one of these things, you never know. I mean, this is a great young team. I've, I've seen people project that this team is going to be one of the best teams for the next five years or so. And the truth of the matter is this team will never be the same. This will never be the same. These guys that Jalen has as teammates who are around him, it's never going to be the same cast. I mean, I think there were seven players left on this team from the 2017 I know. I, I was looking at that the other day. I actually have seven, a beer glass. Seven. And, and I have a know, beer glass with the whole roster, and I was going <laughs> through, and I'm going like, okay, say Malo, yeah, he's here. I had the kicker, the holder. I'm not the holder, the snapper. But it, it's a small group. Um, let me. Uh, I'm going to ask you the same question uh, that uh, Jody asked you about Hertz, and I'll ask you about Nick. What have you seen? Because I think that's the other big story this year. What have you seen from Sirianni, the attributes that make him so successful and have allowed him now in his third season to be in the Super Bowl? I think a lot of teams make mistakes. Uh, they want a new head coach, and they say, we want someone, we want an offensive head coach, or we want a defensive head coach. I don't think it matters. I think what you want in a head coach is somebody who has leadership, motivator, student of the game and somebody who can be a teacher and somebody who is a great communicator. Those are the four characteristics. You want a communicator. If he's a bright football guy, if he is a leader of men and he happened to come from an offensive background, he can get a great defensive coordinator and vice versa. It doesn't matter. People make a big deal out of that. I've seen great coaches from both sides of the ball, and I've seen bad coaches from both sides of the ball. What Nick has, and we didn't see this, obviously, in his first press conference where he was unaccustomed to public speaking, as they say, but we've seen him grow in terms of his comfort level as a head coach, his comfort level with the media. Not that that matters that much, but but you can see what a good communicator he is. And the players like him, and he's a motivator, and he can still be authoritative and tough and he's very very bright and he has surrounded himself with very good people dick Vermeule, and i hate to keep going back to dick Vermeule, but he's he's my template he's the greatest coach i've ever been around dick Vermeule used to say you have to surround yourself with people good enough to take your job and that's uh-huh. what he's done merrill andy reed versus the eagles eagles versus andy reed they know him he knows them They've already played a couple of times since Andy moved to Kansas City, and it has gone his way the first couple of times. Certainly this is a different game, a much bigger game. Is there an advantage as to who knows who best? I don't think so. I don't think so because of the way these teams prepare, Jody, they have, they have reels and reels and reels of tape. They know everything Kansas City has done for the last since Andy has been there. They know everything since 2013 that Andy's done, and vice versa. So I don't think the familiarity has any any effect on it at all. 
Merrill, I want to play a piece of sound here. I was listening to highlights uh, yesterday. It was the fifth anniversary of the Super Bowl win over the Patriots, the greatest game in the history of the franchise, at least in my my time uh, in Philadelphia in the history of the franchise. And I was I I laughed. I enjoyed one particular thing because I forgot about this. So uh, Dan Wilson, roll that tape for a minute. First and ten at the twenty-one. Foles under center. He comes right back to Blunt. Blunt across the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5. The train is in the end zone. 21 yards. Unbelievable blocking. Great play call. You can't execute it much better than this. The big guys, they get their double team up front. They get to the second level. It's a great cut by Gary Blunt. He sticks that left foot into the ground. He goes back against the grain, and he hauls to the end zone. People don't realize how quick his feet are. The train. The train. You loved calling <laughs> the train. I did. You loved, you, I know you. It was great. And you loved calling Darren Sproles Mighty Mouse. Yep. And I know, I, I just listen to you all the time, I know that you get particular pleasure um, when certain players have a breakaway play. If I'm going to ask you it this way. If there is one player next Sunday – for whom you get to call a touchdown, and we get to listen to the highlight for years to come, who is it? Oh, wow, that's 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 tough because there there is no one because there are so many explosive players on this team. I mean, I have seen I have seen a miraculous athlete who toe taps better than anybody ever I ever saw in Devontae Smith. I have seen a guy who wins almost every 50-50 battle in A.J. Brown. I have seen a tight end who catches the ball and runs like a fullback. I mean, th- there are so many people like that. It, it is amazing. I, 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 <laughs> I, I would kind of – this, this, you're going to laugh at this. I would kind of like to see a Britain Covey return for a touchdown. <laughs> hey, if it happens, I win a bet, by the way. Can, so can I, 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 can hope I tell so. you something about I this? made a bet with Mike Sealski at the start of the year. I'm still waiting for the moment, so I'll take I, I, it. i got, I got to tell you something about this. Um, and, and I was talking to Britain yesterday. Do you realize that in this entire football season there have only been two punt return touchdowns? I two. do. Yeah. And, and that's because the whole, the whole system has been, they used to say, kick it as far as you can. And now they say kick it as high as you can because generally when you catch the football, there are three guys around you and all you could do is call for a fair catch. But we I, just a statistic, he's averaged nine yards a return. And as a rookie, Darren Sproles averaged seven. Yeah. And Danny Amendola averaged just about seven. So uh, that could be something. I mean, a, a big special teams play could separate these two teams. Turnovers can separate these two teams. You know what's amazing to me? I always say there are two categories, two statistics that you look at, and they usually define the playoff teams. Third down conversions, percentage of third down conversions, and the Eagles and the Chiefs are pretty close to that in the 49 area at percent. And the other area is turnover differential. And the Eagles were at one point plus 15, and they ended the season plus eight which worries me a little bit because over the last stretch, they were actually minus seven. But the Kansas City Chiefs on the season are minus three. That's incredible to That's see a, a playoff team and one that wins has won 14 games have, have minus three in turnover differential. 
because turnovers, turnovers kill. And what was one of the biggest plays of Super Bowl of 52? That was when Brandon Graham separated Tom Brady from the football and it was recovered by the Eagles. And uh, that, that to me was the turning point of that game. And a we, turnover played, we, we played that one once or twice over the years. <laughs> yeah. Mm. A now, turnover let, could decide this game. Let me ask you one more uh, Jalen Hurts question. I guess it's kind of a crystal ball slash prediction question, but you've got insight to uh, what the Eagles have done all year long. Um, before Jalen Hurts got his shoulder rolled up in Chicago, he had had seven games where he rushed for 40 or more yards. He hasn't done it since. Last regular season game against the Giants, the two playoff games, hasn't gotten to 40 yards on the ground. Now, it wasn't necessary. I think they were protective in that final regular season game, and they were comfortably ahead against the Giants and San Francisco, so they didn't need to put Jalen out there. Is this it? Last game. There's no game next week. There's no protecting him anymore. How big a fact do you think Jalen pulling it down and running with it is going to be in the Super Bowl? It'll be big, Jody, because that's plus one. They call that plus one when when they line up to stop Jalen Hurts because that means there's one other running back that they have to account for or ability to run, and and that's they have to account for him on every play. Not only does it do I think he'll pick up the 40 yards, but it will make the other running backs, and it always does. It makes them more effective. Yeah. Last one for me, and and I was thinking yesterday, and I know I want to talk to Jody about this later, how it's different this time. Last time was the oh my god, they haven't won it in my lifetime. I need I needed to win, I need them to win for me. I need them to win for my dad. It's last time was almost begging and pleading, please give us one. The Eagles went in as the underdog. They won all three playoff games as an underdog. It was the first time in most people's lives. This one's different. It's five years later, and, oh, my God, the Eagles are favored. This is the best team in the league. So we all approach it personally different. How is this time different for Merrill Reese, who has been calling these games for more than four decades? It's only different in that I honestly believe this is the better team going in. Uh, I didn't honestly believe they were the better team going into the Patriots game. I thought it was very, very close. I looked at the different position groups the different departments and i said boy this is this is going to be tough the eagles need to play their very best game and the patriots have to be a little bit off for the eagles to win i think the eagles are the best team going into this game but i also realized that the best team doesn't always win the only thing that worries me a little bit is when i talk to friends and i i meet fans Everyone tells me that the Eagles are just going to kill the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's not going to be close. Right. I don't feel that way. There are too many great players on both sides of the ball and outstanding coaches. I think this is a game that could be decided late in the fourth quarter. I think this is a, a very, very even game in a lot of respects. So I, I, I'm always nervous going into a game to begin with because I have a million things in my head, but I – I calm down once it begins and, and go into a zone for three and a half hours. But I think we're going to see a terrific, terrific football game. And I do believe that the Eagles are the best Eagles team I have been around in 46 years. And I also believe that if they play their best game, they will capture their second Lombardi trophy in six years. 
Well, listen, we we have enjoyed so much just listening to all of the great calls that you made over the years, particularly those ones of that Super Bowl win. And I know Jody and I really look forward to, for years to come, playing some of the highlights that we're going to hear you calling next Sunday. Oh, oh, one question before we let you go, and I'm sorry. Uh, later in the show, Jody and I are going to do a thing. There's no football this week. What are some football movies you love? I know one that you love, and I don't know that uh, either Jody or I bring it up, is Everybody's All-American. My favorite. Yeah, just tell people why you love that movie so much, because I think it's kind of been forgotten. This movie uh, is as close to reality as you could ever get. Uh, I mean, it shows the it shows the great thrills and the great star uh, running back they have. They call him, I think they call him the Galloping Ghost or whatever he is. It's, it's, it's really That's based it. on a book by Frank DeFord. And it really is kind of like a lot of the life of Billy Cannon at LSU, but it, it's got it, it, it's a Dennis Quaid and Jessica Lange is great in it, and it shows how and, and there's a great relationship. John Candy is in it, and no John uh, Goodman. I mean John Goodman, not John Candy. Okay. John, John, right. John Goodman is in it, and it, it's also got the uh, his friend. His name is Blue, and he's yeah. the same actor who played in Forrest Gump. Um, it's a it's a great movie, but there's there's some real I mean there there's excitement in it, there's drama in it. It it's got a lot of real life stuff of the great football hero. It's, yeah, it's terrific. And it, and it Everybody's tells, all merry. It's my favorite. I, mean, I know. A lot I, of, I, I, and I know we've talked about it, and it, and it kind of tells a story of like what happens once the the lights go out and you're no longer the football star. And yeah, there was and, once and a book by Lance Rensel called "When All the Laughter Dies in Sorrow." And it's it's kind of you know the highs and the lows and believe me in real life, knowing a lot of players for all these years, I've seen a lot of sadness. Well, I've seen seen people who go on to great careers for many many years and and parlay it into business success and all of that, and that's great. I love to see that, but I've I've seen where guys end up selling their NFC championship rings yeah. and trying to scratch around for anything they can get. I've seen players end up on the streets with drug problems and everything else. And I've seen players who are a lot younger than us go into assisted living centers. So, you know, when, when I talk, when I, when I see these guys like Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey, and I love them, they're, they're both wonderful guys, the older players, I just hope they know when to stop when their body has had enough so they can live the rest of their lives in, 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 with, with a lot less pain. So I think if, I, I've seen too many highs and also far too many lows. Well, Merrill, I think we're all counting on some of those highs uh, next Sunday. Uh, I know you're headed out there soon and want you to have a great trip out there and enjoy. And listen, I think I, think I speak for many people that next week one of my top priorities is 630 is going to be syncing up my television with the broadcast of you and Mike on 94 WIP, and I've uh, pretty much got it down to a science, and I look forward to uh, it. Thank you. I, can, can I throw a little something else in there? Now, I'm all football, and I care about nothing but the game, but I, I have another little sidebar for me this coming Friday, and my good friend Rich Lerner, who is the anchor for the Golf Channel, has invited me to come out for a bit on Friday afternoon to the Waste Management Open. That's the great golf nice. tournament where they have the stadium surrounding that 16th hole and, and be on the air, we're on the telecast with him for, for a, a portion of it 
on Friday afternoon. And for me, that will be, you know, a chance to take a little deep breath and relax and have a little extra fun and then go right back to football. Meryl, great time. Have a good one. Tell Rich we said hi. He's a bud, too. Um, looking forward to your call next week. Safe travels. I can't wait, guys. It should be a great game, and I, I wish it were this afternoon, Jody. I'm like you. I need football. <laughs> I, I'm sorry they have the – this is what I'm sorry they have the bye week. I, I hear you. Anyway, Meryl, be well. well. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. All right, have a great one. There you go, Jody. The great Meryl Reese. Uh, what a pleasure. What a cool gig. He gets to do the uh, Phoenix Open. And and Merrill will be well-suited for it because those golf guys don't broadcast in front of massive screaming crowds on a week-in, week-out basis. They're used to the reverence of calling a golf tournament, and it's completely different in Phoenix. Old hat to Merrill. He does all of his work in front of screaming maniacs every single Sunday. Yeah, he'll enjoy that. All right, listen. Uh, as we said, that was a little bit of an unusual departure from what we do. We're going to come back. We'll take your calls, 215-592-9494. But we'll also set up what we want to talk about. 11 o'clock, we're going to talk to Kevin Nagandi of ESPN, the pride of Phoenixville. Represents our city and uh, metropolitan area really well up there. Uh, so we'll take a break. We'll get started. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Well, that was a fun way to start a day, Jody Mack. Never a bad thing to talk to Meryl Reese. No, he's great. He's great. And I, and I really do look forward. Listen, and you and I will make our picks later, and I do think the Eagles are going to win. I think in talking to you, I've gathered you kind of feel the same way. But one of the great parts is to be able to relive those moments years later with Meryl's great calls. But I want to start. And I know you guys both, uh, you and Mike Sielski, had a chance to uh, play a bunch of those great hits from yeah. uh, the Super Bowl five years ago because it was the anniversary of the Eagles winning their first Super Bowl. So I know you guys had a uh, fun time yesterday. It's a blast. It's a blast. Um, you, you, uh, you remember him forever. So, but I want to ask you, start by asking you something that I asked him, which is how is this one different from you? And I want to do it by bringing up a name that you will remember. I don't know how many listeners will. You remember Scoop from Folsom? Sure. Right? Used to call our show uh, back when we did it in, in, the, in the 90s. World War II vet, big Chuck Bednarik guy, lifelong Eagles backer. And he always used to say to us, he'd say, just give me one Super Bowl win, boys, and then I can die happy. And then we kind of stopped hearing from him, and um, I actually looked online. I think he passed away a couple of years ago. I found an obit that, that I think was him, and, and so he's not walking the earth. But I just remember how much the last time it was when the Eagles got there and how emotional everybody was that just give me that one win. I've never had that one win. Give me that one win. And people, you know, who, who wanted to win it for their dad or their son or their son, th- you know, it was a generational thing, a family thing. We got that one, right? And we got that one as the underdog wearing the dog masks, a team that nobody expected was going to win the Super Bowl. This one's different. This one, first of all, we got one. So, so everybody's had the chance to breathe for the last five years. I still have confetti in one of my jackets from that parade. <laughs> This so I'll ask you before I'll give my own thought. How is this time around different for you? 
It is. It's different um, because of the previous win. Uh, everybody relates. You just told us, the, recanted the tale of Scoop and how long he waited. And, uh, and I didn't quite understand that when I got to Philadelphia in 1990. I did the show by myself for a couple of years before they put you and I together and Mac and Mac was born. But I didn't live that life of being as huge an Eagle fan as the fans of the Delaware Valley are. I I didn't quite understand it. Now, 27 years later, after 1990, before you get to 2017, uh, so I did certainly comprehend it by that time, but I didn't understand it when I first came to town. And all those people who were here before and had waited and waited and waited and waited and waited that much longer. When I first came into town, I didn't know how big an Eagle town it was. Uh, our buddy Tom Bigby had to implore him. It's a football, 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 football. I yeah. came from a baseball yeah. town in New York. Our, My our father, buddy. Uh, our, our buddy. buddy. Okay. Say that with a <laughs> wink and a nod. Um, and, and I grew up as a baseball kid, so I loved football, but it was always secondary to me. Oh, no, in this town, football's number one. And I, I learned that pretty quickly from when I came to town in 1990. So this is the team in the town that hadn't won a championship in a whole bunch of people's lifetime. And when it was finally delivered, there was just going to be no matching it. And I'm sorry, this one is different. Yep. It's cool. Different is good. Different is nice. But it is certainly different because it's not the first. I, it, absolutely. And I think that one was more emotional. That one was more heart. This one is to establish the Eagles as one of the premier franchises in the NFL. Uh, what was the uh, – I know you wanted to mention what it was the Jeff Lurie uh, phrase he used all those years back. What, what, when Jeff Lurie first bought the team, we were lucky enough. You and I got him yeah. on our show. Yeah. And he came on – First interview. That's right. And he used the phrase, the gold standard. And you and I were in studio together, and we both kind of looked at each other and either rolled our <laughs> eyes or shrugged oh, our shoulders. Eyebrows like, oh, were raised. Nothing yep. like setting the bar high there, Mr. Laurie. And we didn't know if it was going to happen. And it took a couple of decades to for it to happen. But I told you this on my Birds 365 show earlier this week. Not only is the Lombardi Trophy up for grabs this week, but I think the gold standard of the NFL is because the Patriots had it for two decades. Brady and Belichick, no questions asked. They're the gold standard of the National Football League. Tom took his act to Tampa. The Patriots have not been the same since. There really isn't, as of right now, a gold standard. If the Chiefs win this game on Sunday, oh, they're it. Andy Reid will have achieved gold uh, standard status but he will do it outside of Philadelphia in Kansas City. They, they will be in their third Super Bowl in five years, having won two, five straight AFC championship games. Oh, they're the new gold standard. But if the Eagles win and they get two Super Bowls in a five-year period, that makes them the gold standard of the National Football League in my eyes, Glenn. So there is a whole hell of a lot on the line come next Sunday. I I think you said it brilliantly, I, and, and, and that's – the first one was, oh, my God, please get us a win. Please, in my lifetime, I need to have it. This one is, hey, this is the premier franchise in the NFL. Yep. And and there really will be no arguing that. I know it will only be the second Super Bowl in the history of the franchise, but I looked it up. Fewer than half the teams in the NFL have won two to win two in the space of five years to be the reigning Super Bowl champion. I think it is a big deal. It, I'm going to watch it very, very differently. Um, I have a different expectation this time. I kind of 
am like Merrill last time. You know, listen, I wasn't going to go on the air doing the pregame show last time and predict they were going to lose, but I approached the game thinking, okay, the Eagles can win if this happens and if that happens and, you know, and so on. Although Brady throwing for 500 yards was not in my equation of the Eagles winning. But this time I'm scared in my own confidence, if that makes sense, Jody. I look at it and I try to say, okay, dispassionately, the Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL. The Eagles have the 79 sacks or whatever it is in these 18 games. The Eagles have a, a tremendous health on both sides of the ball. The Eagles have this dangerous weapon at quarterback and wide receiver and runner and so on and so on. And I take nothing away from Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football. But I think the Eagles are better and I'm almost scared that I'm so confident because I've never been this confident. It's Crazy? Fun. It's funny, though, the way you put it out there. Uh, maybe it was Kelly's first year, Chip Kelly's first year. Uh, before the season started, I predicted the Eagles to go 10-6, and six, and the Eagles went 10-6. and six. So I looked like I knew exactly yeah, what I was work, talking yeah. about. But truth be told, individual games as the season went on, I think I was 4-12. and 12. So <laughs> as each game went, I wouldn't have been more wrong. But at the end of the year, I go, oh, 10 and 6. I told you guys they were going to be 10 and 6. But I really had no clue. Yeah. And it was the same thing about that Super Bowl. I, I really did believe the Eagles could win. I believed they could pull the upset, that they could shock the world and win with a backup quarterback. A shootout where, where falls out, throws Tom Brady. Yeah, oh, a lot of people suggested that before the game. Yeah, Eagles are going to win this unbelievable shootout with uh, 70 points. No, I had no idea that no. was the way that was going to be played. But I did think the Eagles had a chance to win that game. And I'm Okay, so you do, I thought they had that. a chance. Yeah, I thought they had a chance. Absolutely. Well, I guess we're going to be spoilers and, you know, whatever. I think they're going to win on Sunday, next Sunday. Um and I don't want to say it's going to be easy because that that's preposterous, but I, I'm like like eighty percent sure they're going to win. Do you share that feeling? I don't know if I'm eighty. Okay, you sixty, at least. Okay, somewhere slightly north of sixty, and okay. we all do these analytics these days. The game has become <laughs> such an analytic game. Sixty-four point. Two percent. I, I, yeah. I'm not going there, but but more than much more than last time, correct? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're, they're, they're the favorite difference. for a reason. Yes, and we're not desperate this time. But I thought desperation helped them last time. Uh, the yeah, I'm talking about my emotions. The team maybe too. Oh yeah, you're talking about all right individuals. Yeah, yeah. I. And and this team, and one of the reasons why I'm at sixty plus percent of uh, Eagles potentially winning the game is. The, the fact that they've had lack of desperation hasn't hurt them. I think the lack of having Jalen Hurts in the lineup when Gardner Minshew had to go in and play hurt them pretty significantly. But they did kind of pull away. I know going into the last week, they still had to win. And if the Cowboys won and they lost their third straight, they could have choked up the division. But th this has never been a desperate team all year. It has been a dominant team more than a desperate team. But I don't think that's been a detriment. And that's a good thing coming into this game because they're not desperate again. They are a slight favorite in the game. They've handled their business as this type of a team coming into basically every single game that they played. They've been favored all year long. Uh, so I don't think that is an issue coming into this game, lack of desperation. So we start by asking you in your own mind, 
uh, is different for you this time. And Doug in Pensacola wants to check in. Good morning, Doug. Morning, guys. How you doing? Good. This is different because after years and years of no ring jokes and then five years of one at wonder jokes, this is our chance to finally establish our dominance in the division. Because if you think about it, if we win the Super Bowl, Dallas is going to go into full panic mode, and we all know what happens when they do that. The Giants are going to be even more irrelevant, and so will the Commanders. So this is this is our time. We need to see this opportunity and take it. I I like it. I mean, it always was the NFC East was Dallas with all of those rings. I mean, we're going back a while because the the Commanders, Redskins, whatever they were at whatever time, haven't been relevant in a long time. But we've seen the Giants win a lot of Super Bowls. When the Eagles win their second Super Bowl, they take a backseat to nobody in the NFC East and nobody in the league. And exactly. I, I love the phrase you used because, oh, I've heard it. I'm sure Glenn's heard it here on WIP, the one-hit wonder. When they won the Super Bowl and then kind of backed off and weren't two contenders again, you had to listen to that. You had to at least accept that it was a possibility. That goes right out the window. If they win on Sunday, they're not the one-hit wonders. They're the gold standard. Exactly. I'm 75% sure we're going to win this thing. If we can just get them home early, knock them on back a few times, and that was a dominant defensive tone, we should be able to take this. I agree. Good stuff. Yeah, man, getting to the quarterback. If they can get to the quarterback, as they have all year, and throw Mahomes off his game, that's gonna we, we're gonna know early that it's a really good thing. But let, let me ask you Mahomes' question. I know we got to get to break here. Yeah. Um. The the amazing thing that he does better than not only any quarterback in football right now, maybe better than any quarterback I've ever seen, and I've been watching the NFL fifty years. When the pressure comes and he's in the pocket, he to me almost looks like he looks down at the ground that he wants to see where his feet are at so he can move accordingly and avoid the rush. And he comes up with his head up, and in one fell swoop, one motion, he gets rid of the football, unbelievable quick release, accuracy, finds the open guy. Mac, I can't think of another quarterback that's done it that way. Uh, That that, that they basically take that. You're taught as a quarterback – Keep your eyes downfield. Keep your eye. Don't take it. Don't ever take your eyes off downfield. You got to see what's happening downfield. He does, and he doesn't care. Yeah. He looks around as to where the hell do I got to go from here just to be able to release the football. And he's amazing at being able to pick up exactly where his eyes let off, exactly where his receiver is, and get rid of the football, whatever funky angle he has to. Well, that's great. And and the last thing you said is the thing I was going to comment on, which is. It's coming out sidearm, it's coming out backwards, it's coming out whatever, and he will find deep, medium, short. Yeah, he does it all. He's he's it. He's if he's he's 80% of why if Kansas City wins the game, they're going to win the game. You Agreed. Know? But we, uh, as a friend of mine used to say, we shall see what we shall see. Uh, okay, we will be back. We want to take your calls, 215-592-9494. One of the things that we want to put out today is um, – Who's going to the game? And when we get back, we're going to talk about, oh, my God, the price of these things, Jody. (laughs) It's never been a cheap trip to the Super Bowl. I think this is the most expensive one ever. I hear people in Philadelphia are getting ready to go. I think we'd like to hear from a few. 215-592-9494. Sunday morning, Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. The Birds. Jordan McDonald, Glenn Mack now, Sunday morning, 94 WIP. We are a week away from the Super Bowl. And um, 
I read uh, a thing, Jody, actually Dan Orlovsky, who's just a great bro- analyst and um, is from this area, posted the other day, reposted something that said um, of the tickets that have been sold so far for the Super Bowl. This is according to one of the um, after ticket markets, after market agencies. I'm sorry. Secondary market. Sec- thank you. Couldn't think of the word. 24% of Super Bowl tickets have been purchased from Pennsylvania, 7% from Missouri and Kansas combined, which suggests to me that stadium's going to be very green on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so here's the thing. The prices are unbelievable. Here's, here's what I got from some articles I've looked up. This, according to StubHub, the get-in price for Super Bowl 57 stands at $4,800. The average ticket is $7,600. Now, remember, this is all aftermarket because there's just no tickets available. You can't right. call up and say, like, hey, I'd like two tickets, right? So this is the aftermarket. So $4,800 to start. Uh, also, the price of flying from Philadelphia to Phoenix has gone up because the market is going up. Uh, apparently, you can book as cheap as $242, good luck, uh, up to $1,500. Hotels out there, according to Booking.com, in Glendale, which is a little bit of ways, are $1,200 a night. In Phoenix, they are $1,800 a night. The cost of going to the Super Bowl is going to be more than $10,000 per person. Jody Mack, who the hell is able to do that? However, mate, what's the stadium hold? 55, 60,000, whatever it is. Uh, more than that, but yeah, sure. Right. It, it'll be full. It's not like people are going to go, oh, I just can't do it, and there's good seats available. There will not be scalpers outside of the Super Bowl cutting the price of the ticket because <laughs> hey, they it's ha- the opening kickoff. They, they, I get you in for 25 bucks. Yeah, they don't, they don't want to be caught holding their tickets and get nothing. Oh, no, it's, it's this big a demand. The game itself, no matter who's in it is, and then add to it a market like Philadelphia, which supports their football team the way they do. And I've said this before here in uh, the last couple of years now, probably since the Super Bowl year, it's just become this off-the-hook type thing. They're as good a traveling fan base as there is in the NFL. No question. I, 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 I've been going to games around the country, uh, different to Steelers fan base always traveled. Raiders fan base always traveled. Sorry to say, but Dallas's fan base always traveled. A couple of national teams out there but were can- that good. The Eagles have surpassed them all. The Eagles traveling fan base, to me, is now the best in the entire National Football League. So will I be surprised when people come up with this amount of money to be able to go to the game? Wow. No, because they do it all the time. Wow. Okay. I, I just want to say one thing off of what you said. I think – Pittsburgh fans, like Philadelphia fans, travel amazing. I think in the case of Raiders and Cowboys and Packers fans, they have a national following, so a lot of their fans are often from the market. Like if you go to an Eagles game and there's Cowboys fans, they're they're from here. They're not from Texas. They're from here. Philadelphia fans go from Philadelphia to Miami and Seattle and Los Angeles, and they travel, and the – the local groups, travel agencies do really well with that. And often, I know whenever the schedule comes out April, May, one of the things people really look at is, okay, what are the road trips this year? What do you want to, where do you want to go? When do you want to go? That said, Jody, $10,000 a person. 
I'm not telling you it's not going to happen because I think it is. You and I know a lot of people. I know some people with money. That's a lot of money. It is, but they're willing to spend it, Glenn. Okay. Everybody's I, I wanna, got their expendable cash, and they want to spend it differently. And one thing I'll say where I disagree with you, and, uh, again, you and I did the show together in the 90s. It was a different time. It was a different place. It was certainly different technology. Now, because of the Odyssey app and the fact that uh, Philadelphia Eagle fans can listen to us basically anywhere on the planet – and stay in touch with WIP and what's happening in Philadelphia and call Mac and There are people that are Eagle fans that don't live in Philadelphia that have moved for varying reasons or whatever. And true. they're still as big a diehard as they've ever been. No, so that's true. That's it, true. It's mainly Delaware Valleyites, but there's a whole bunch of Eagle fans that are scattered around the country that are as big diehards as they've ever been. And we know it because they call us on WIP because yeah. they listen to us on the Odyssey app. Yeah, no, no, that's true. I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I, I do think it's a well, whatever percentage. I think there are more uh, of kind of people who never grew up in Dallas who root for Cowboys who never grew up in Green Bay root for the Packers. Raiders, because they're kind of cool with the black and silver. But whatever, I, I, I hear your point, and I take it. Karen in Newtown is going, Newtown Square, excuse me, is going to Arizona. Tell us, Karen. Hi, how are you, Glenn? Hi, Jody. Uh, Glenn, I met you back in 1985 when you first came to this market. Wow. Um, at, and it was it was in reference to a Dallas game. Uh, but anyhow, uh, we met at Ribbit. Uh, anyhow, yes, we're going to the the Buddy Ryan show. It was the Buddy Ryan show. Yeah. Oh, that's like the first story I ever wrote for the Inquirer is when Buddy was doing his, uh, his show with Steve Fredericks. It was, it was literally the, that was my first day in Philadelphia. I met you. It was the first story I wrote. You you referenced me because I had a t-shirt on. that. You were the lady with the t-shirt. I'm the lady with the t-shirt. If I may, and I hope this doesn't embarrass you. Because it was a great moment. Oh, my goodness. All these years. Jody, I, I came to write for the Inquirer. The first story they had me do was Buddy Ryan used to do a radio show with Steve. And they wanted me to go out and write about Buddy. Because, you know, he was kind of new here, bonding with the fans. And Karen was wearing a T-shirt. My goodness, Karen, I remember this. And we're both going back a ways. That said, mm-hmm. my favorite team, if I recall, it's going to be close. My favorite team is the <clears throat> Eagles and who's ever playing the Cowboys. Something like that. Exactly. And I wrote about her in the story, and now I hear from you. My goodness. How about that? How what about a great that? Many fan years you later. are. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so long time fan, long time fan. By the way, fan. you look good in that T-shirt. If I, 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 I <laughs> Thank you very you. much. I, I, many I may have mentioned that I, part, too, in the story. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, anyhow, so my 60th birthday is a week after the Super Bowl, so my wonderful husband was kind enough to uh, go on the secondary market and purchase tickets uh, because he did not get the lottery. Yeah. But but the cost associated with other things, um, I'm not saying that I gamble, but uh, Harris comped me all but one night at um, Harris Maricopa in Arizona. Uh-huh. So uh, for rooming, we're paying $119. Nice. We're going down Thursday, and we're leaving on Tuesday. Oh, you did real well. Okay. Um, as far as... As far as the airfare is concerned, we were part of the Christmas Day debacle with Southwest. Yes. So they gave us a hundred thousand uh, three miles. Wow. So our flight to and yeah. from is un- is under three hundred. 
You okay. guys, you did really well, Karen. She, she's yeah. she's a negotiator. She's yeah. negotiating yeah. her yeah. way to yeah. the Super Bowl. There you go. There you go. So now the tickets, um, we, we purchased the tickets. He purchased the tickets um, the day after the championship game. Once we found out, we didn't get the lottery. So it, it's at the low end of what they're um, what they're charging on the secondary right, but market. You got, you got the airfare because of the comp, and you got the and hotel the, the cheap room because, because of you the got comp, a nice relationship. Yes. Hey, that is great. I hope you have a great time. I'll ask you the question that Jody and I started with, which is, is this one, I don't know if you went to the one in Minneapolis. Is this, regardless, does this one feel different to you? We did not go to the one in Minneapolis. So this one does because I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. That's pretty good. I have one last question, too. You still got the (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. It was, it was a pretty good T-shirt. You looked great in it, the, that that thing with Buddy Ryan. I had, Again, it was the first time I wrote a story, and I had such a blast with Buddy was in a great mood, meeting Steve Fredericks for the first time. And that whole crowd at that ribbit, really, it was like my first kind of day with Eagles fans. And, Karen, you right. were great, and they were great and still are. So thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you. You have All a great right. day. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, Jody, I wrote about that T-shirt. And I wrote uh, about the way sounds, she filled sounds, out that T-shirt. Sounds like you appreciated it. <laughs> it's great. That was a real surprise for me. That was 1985. For... And, oh, by the way, uh, here's an aside. Yeah. I guarantee you Buddy appreciated it, too. Uh, he made no doubt. <laughs> um, my, my father actually knew Buddy Ryan. Buddy uh, coached for the Jets before yeah. he came to the Eagles. Sure. He was on Weeby Bank staff. And my father noted that Buddy Ryan, because the Jet offices were right down the hall from the Met offices or whatever, and he said he used to run into Buddy Ryan all the time because he was always hitting on the good-looking secretaries that the Mets had down at their end of the hall. Buddy didn't belong at the Mets' end of the hall, but they had – Better-looking secretary. So Buddy was always outside my father's office. Hey, hey, Buddy. Hey, Mr. McDonald. How are you? Uh, so it would not surprise me if Buddy also noticed how well your Eagle fan uh, wore that oh, T-shirt. Oh, no, he did. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're, gonna, we're going to talk to Kevin Nagandi of ESPN, who's a terrific Eagles fan. I see some people on hold. Do me a favor. Hang in because I really want we, we really want to get to you and find out what uh, you've got to say. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. The birds are in the big game. That's right. Philadelphia and Kansas City. You know the action on the field is going to be great. Do you need more action than that? If you do, the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app is there for you. The only sportsbook that I recommend, the one for the fervent Philly sports fan. You can do live in-game betting. Make your picks, make your selections before the game, and then double down during the game. If you're a new user, never played with Parks before, What better week to get involved for the first time? And what better week to get a $750 bonus sportsbook back if your first bet isn't the winner? Download the app right now. It's time to get in. We can add to our fun on Super Bowl Sunday. I will with the Bet Park Sportsbook app. You should, too. Jordan McDonald, Glenn Mack now, Sunday morning. All right. Bring on our guest here, the host of Sports Center on ESPN, as well as major roles on the network's coverage of uh, pro college football, baseball, pretty much everything they do over there. He is the pride of Phoenixville High School and Temple University. One-time WIP producer Jody, I, he may have produced our show before. I know we talked about this when it came on before. Kevin Nagandi joins us. Kevin, how are you this morning? 
Good morning, fellas. And uh, I did have some brief time. I, I started my internship there uh, in my early 20s, and then I I did a variety of different shows. But I, I did run through a couple of shows with you guys. Of course, did some Eskin shows, Missinelli shows. Um, I, you know, I, I will and yet say you this: stayed in the business. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I want to. I want to. I want to. I honest, honestly celebrate you guys because during that time. You, heavily influenced WIP's power and voice I think in that area was so strong in the 90s and there were a lot of carnival barkers everywhere you turn you guys were the steadiest influence for me in understanding that I could have a voice and be reasonable in this town I could I could be sensible with my conversation with my takes and I don't have to be hot and jumping from you know some platform to, hey, look at me, I'm going to go to the extreme to get attention, and you guys made it work. You guys were the best, both of you. Now, there were a lot of other good people, but both of you stood out during my time there as the, the calm, reasonable voice that I think the city always needed to hear from, and I always appreciated that and made sure that was part of my approach moving forward in my career. Man Wilson, clip and save that if you would. Make, make sure make sure we have that in our next negotiation. And by the way, Kevin, and I'll turn this over to Jody in a second. We love when a son of our town goes national and keeps his ties. And we love all of your Philadelphia reference. You're known by your colleagues and by your audience as, hey, that's the Philadelphia guy. And we appreciate that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I represent all of us to a certain extent. And we have fun with it on TV. We don't take each other too seriously. And we make sure I make sure that hey, while while we're being described nationally a certain way, that there's always the sensible people that like to have fun that are passionate about our teams. Non carnival barker. I think I may have that put on my test on uh, my uh, uh, tombstone. <laughs> tombstone when uh, I pass away. Thank you very much for that, Kevin. All right, here's where I want to go. You wear your fandom on this on your sleeve. There is no question that everybody tunes into sports and they go, "Wow, this guy's a huge." It's not a fan; it's a huge Philadelphia fan. Was there ever any pushback before you became as big a star as you become that you did say you did root, you did open up your shirt and show green underneath it? How big a fan <laughs> you were? Was there ever any pushback, or did they get it right away that, hey, we can use this. This could be part of the allure of tuning in to see Kevin Nakandi do SportsCenter. So, uh, you know, I've been at ESPN since 2006. Um, I, I, when I first got there, it was, hey, you know, passionately behind the scenes or in show meetings, you're saying, hey, don't forget about, you know, this Philadelphia team. You know, don't forget about, you know, during that time, 07, 08, the Phillies. Don't, don't forget about – they should be a part of the story tonight as one of our lead stories. And then the Eagles made that run in 2009. I, you know, I was always, I was always behind the scenes speaking up for Philadelphia. So no matter what, that the story was being covered regardless. Right. But I got to tell you that I, I looked at guys like Stewart's, the, the late great Stuart Scott, who always wore, you know, basically his passion for North Carolina on his sleeve. And I was inspired by that, that, Hey, Stewart always did it in a respectful manner. It was never reckless. It was never, hey, I'm going to bash Duke. No, no, I'm going to make sure I'm going to hold everybody accountable and do a great job. I mean, Stewart, Stewart was great with all the catchphrases, but I think people always undervalued how phenomenal of a sportsman he was, especially delivering highlights and making sure that the viewer was always educated and entertained. 
So I kind of modeled myself behind that. Hey, I can do this, but I've got to make sure there's a fine line. Perfect example of this is 2009 NFC uh, Championship game. Remember we had that game won in Arizona, and I was on the set with uh, Trent Dilfer and Merrill Hodge. And all we had to do was that defense had to shut down Kurt Warner and we're going back to the Super Bowl. And the game's being played out while I'm on the air the entire time hosting SportsCenter on that Sunday. Game ends, Eagles blow it, the defense blows it, Warner and them, they're going to the Super Bowl to face the Steelers. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, for the next 25 minutes with Trent and Merrill, I laid out everything. I I didn't hold back on (laughs) criticizing the team and understanding the shortcomings. And I think there was a certain respect from management to say, hey, he will hold the teams accountable. And my argument was always, hey, if I'm passionate about the team, that means I know more about the team and I know more about the entire division. And I'm going to make sure I call everybody out because I know enough about it. And when they saw that, and they saw that I would not hold back calling out the team. I, I, I called out the Sixers during the process and trying to understand that. I made sure I called out the Phillies and what they were doing when they blew the team up and things went sideways. I called out Howie multiple times. Howie and I have had a back and forth on a couple of occasions that I called them out when the team fell apart. Chip and I had an interesting relationship, too. I called Chip out, so and that is Chip Kelly. So I think they understood that, hey, I'm going to make sure that when something or somebody's falling short and representing the city, I will call them out. But at the same time, I'll do the right thing in celebrating the team if they're doing something successful because I know the reason why. And, and to this point, Jody, a lot of people are like, oh, you're biased. And I'll be like, no, if you ever hear me, I'll give the Cowboys credit, man. I'll give the Giants credit when it's due. I will make sure that they deserve the credit and, and the, those moments of Washington deserving credit or other teams like the Braves and the Mets. But I will have fun with it. So the audience understands that we are still passionately loving our bases, but we will make sure that I will deliver. If I give a Mets highlight or a Braves highlight, I'm not doing it with a bias. I'm making sure the audience is not shortchanged because I'm aware that there are Braves fans that are listening or that there are specifically Mets fans that are listening. One of my bosses is a Mets fan. I'm not going to shortchange the Mets, not because of him, but because I'm aware that I'm not going to insult somebody that's coming to watch who's a national fan and then walk away saying, oh, screw that guy, because that, that hurts the brand. All right, let's go light on those Cowboy praise. But nonetheless, Kevin Nagandi <laughs> is our guest. Follow him on Twitter at Kevin Nagandi, N-E-G-A-N-D-H-I. Um, all right, so, Kevin, we've got a bit of a chip on our shoulder. You're one of us, but you get to view it from a few hundred miles away. And I'm going to play a cut in just a second. We we feel with the Jerry Jones and the Julian Loves, and if you haven't heard, I'm going to play one of them, and Nick Sirianni not being nominated for Coach of the Year, Brandon Graham not being named, nominated for Comeback Player of the Year, that the rest of the country does not respect the Eagles in what we're doing. Um, let's play this cut. This is Jerry Jones earlier this week. His reflection on why the Eagles are there, how the Eagles got there, and perhaps why he's not. In essence, we're seeing a couple of teams that have had some real success putting it all out there and uh, paying it, paying for it later right. in Philadelphia and, San, and uh, really uh, Los Angeles. Uh, don't think that doesn't pop my head and get my eye as far as doing it, and I know how to do that. And uh, so uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, again, it's a part of uh, – 
uh, what you uh, put in that computer and or what <laughs> comes out, and we'll see, we'll see how uh, it comes. But uh, that's pretty impressive to have two teams in the last two years empty the bucket and get to the Super Bowl. All right, that's a lie because the Eagles have not emptied the bucket and have not sold out for the future and so on. So I turn to you, Kevin. Are we oversensitive or does the rest of the country not give these Eagles the respect they are due? Uh, I think it all works together, right? And I actually am, am comfortable in this space that we are always overlooked. And clearly, whatever Jerry's saying I think Jerry's the only person on the planet that feels that way, that you could put us <laughs> in the same category as the Rams. And yes. personally, I'm like, great. That, that means we're under Jerry's skin, and Jerry's looking for excuses because I think Jerry can't fathom the idea that we, we won the Super Bowl and then the Eagles blew the thing up and they fired the head coach and the quarterback, and now they've already lapped the, the Cowboys again. I, I think he is hard – having a hard time coming to grips with that. Now, granted, there are going to be eight starters in that Eagles defense. They're going to be free agents. So there's going to be a challenge with Howie. But I think everybody, whoever is posed, and I've listened to some NFL insiders this week, Len, talk about this, that this doesn't even make sense what Jerry's saying. Mm -hmm. Because the way they're positioned, they didn't basically go all in. I think Jerry's just doing this as as a natural defense mechanism because he cannot fathom that the Eagles have already lapped them in a second cycle and now are in the Super Bowl again while he's been waiting 27 years. Thanks. And now he's facing this idea of, okay, I'm going to be hamstrung with Dak. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts is still in a rookie contract. Uh, I think all of that plays a role into this. As for the big picture, Glenn, I have a, I have, you know, my, my show producers get, get on me all the time. Cause during these show meetings, I'm like, Hey, don't forget about this. Don't forget about that. And they're like, Hey, no one's forgetting about the Eagles. And we hear you, Kevin. And, and, and they make sure they, they – oh, look, we'll put them in the, in the lead here. We got you and Sal, Kev. Easy, easy, right? But it's always that chip on our shoulder. And I actually love it. I don't – last week, I didn't feel comfortable, guys. Did you guys feel comfortable last week hearing about, like, the Eagles are going to beat the 49ers? Because I was like, no, 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 no. Let everybody talk about the Niners. Let everybody talk about the Cowboys and, and all these other teams. I want us to be under the radar. And, and I actually – Love the idea that Patrick Mahomes will grab all the attention. I don't like the idea that the Eagles are favored going into this game because I don't want that. I think we thrive on the underdog. I've, I, I relate to that because I've always been the underdog. Nothing has been handed to me. You guys understand that. You guys have experienced that in that city. We're always the second child when, it looks, when you look at where we're positioned in New York City. I actually I'm okay with that because it gives us the grittiness and the, the toughness and – I think it drives places like New York and Dallas crazy, and I'm all for that. All right, then I got one right up your alley because this bugged the snot out of me all year long. ESPN's power indexed. Computer-generated oh. <laughs> crunching of numbers. Not the guys being asked yes. how they would power rank. Not your on-air broadcasters, but the computer yes. analytics, which continue to have the Dallas Cowboys right up there with the <laughs> Eagles and ahead of the 49 And I just said, who is programming this? Jerry Jones? How do the yeah. Cowboys continue to stay up there? Do you have any explanation, Mr. Nagani? I have no explanation. I, I literally, I could not explain it. I, I've actually said in meetings, guys, we can't run this up on our full screen graphic here. I, I, I have no idea what. Now, I what I would love to, to know, though, is what, what is the 
Uh, I'm not smart enough to know, but what what are the computer analytics putting together in this process to come up where the Eagles would beat the Cowboys and the Cowboys would still be above them in our rankings? But I think it adds to it. And I think a lot of people, especially who work outside of ESPN, have a lot of fun with it on social media because it's a way to bash ESPN in general. But anybody that's working there, especially the on, on-air talent, we don't know how they come up with it. And then yeah. we sit there and be like, this doesn't make sense. Like, what are we doing? So I would always raise my hand. Here's a perfect example of that. So the NBA power index back last year in February, especially after the Celtics' awful start, I was like, guys, we can't run the Celtics being number one here and, and as the, the, on the power index to, to get it to the finals. Because if you look at the Celtics, they look awful. What did we see? We saw in February, we saw in March, we saw in April, the Celtics come together and make a run. And I, I shut up quickly by the spring. I was like, all right, that, that, that thing, may, maybe it made sense. I was like, it just doesn't look good right now, so let's bring it down. So there's, there's a method to the madness that I'm not smart enough that a lot of us on air don't understand, but sometimes it's just put up there for conversation. All right, last one for me, uh, and uh, Ray and I had you as a guest on our Tell Us Your Story feature at some point during the pandemic, and I just remember, I think you were talking about, and, and this is how we all feel, how sports is your connection with your family and your dad and your brother. You were, what, five years old at Super Bowl fifteen, and it's kind of one of your first sports memories, and how that kind of bonded you branded you whatever an eagles fan for life with your family because mm-hmm. it does mean so much for everybody who is a philadelphian to share this with their family that's what this is all about and just if you would quickly talk about how how that how that virus infected you <laughs> it's a good way to describe it because i can't shake the virus there's no antidote for it specifically glenn uh you know i it's the only way I could identify with my father and have a connection because he was very old school, first person to come to America representing the Gandhi name. And then, you know, me and him would sit in the in the living room. And honestly, I would go get the Inquirer. I would re- run out to, uh, you know, grab the sports section and the comic section. And then I would just pour through all the numbers so I could actually have a conversation with my dad. My dad would like look at me and say, oh, my son's making sense. Um, and through that, that 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 gateway to explain things and educate and show things and and, and have an audience kind of like fueled me into this concept of oh I can I can do this for a living you know and I identified with the the play by play voices that, you know growing up through the years the Harry Callis's of the world and, and so to me it, it helped me understand why this is something I wanted to do for the rest of my career as a result. That connection still is true with my, my family members, my brother. My dad lives in India. I still, we still talk about it. My mom, God bless her soul, would text me every single, after every single Philly Sixers and Eagles game, something, go Phillies, go Sixers, go, uh, you know, uh, Eagles. So it, it was a bond that I now wanted to pass on to my kids. Living in Connecticut, you're not surrounded by any Eagles fan. And there was no way they were going to be raised as, you know, Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, or Giants, Mets, and Yankees. No, no way, no how. So I made sure that, that we went to games early on. And, you know, going to the World Series last year was an experience, not just for me. I was there in 08. I wanted them to see it. We were at that game three where they saw all the home runs and they identified through everything. And, and they go to school now, you know, wearing all Phillies gear, and they hear it from their friends. 
So I went to, you know, in that 2017 magical run, I went to the NFC Championship game. They were young. They were too young. Uh, I went to the Super Bowl. So this time around, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm not going unless they're going. I want to be with them. My 10-year-old, my 8-year-old, my 6-year-old, God bless her, the little girl, she's like, I'm done with you guys. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. So she was with my my, uh, family at home. We went to the game, and I saw everything through their eyes. So when they get older, they'll look back at their fondest memories as kids and say, this was my connection, and they'll pass it down. That was really important to me. So when it came time to looking at the Super Bowl, I told my wife, I was like, I'm not going unless I got two tickets for our boys, and they're coming with me. And if they don't, I'm fine with that. I'd rather sit at home and watch it with them because now it's the experience that's passed down to them to make sure when they look back, they have the memories. And if they change, they change. But when they look back, they'll identify that this is what we did with our dad and our mom, and this is why I love sports. This is what made him tick. This is his connection with his dad and his brother and his cousins. That's so critical, and I think that's in the DNA. You know, when you go to a game and you see the tailgates in Philly, right, for an Eagles game, you guys know this. It's mm-hmm. generational. Every generation. When you saw the parade, you saw generations crying together. When I hosted that with Sal Pal, I, that was the moment where it was like everything's come together where a grandparent and, and a father and a son or a daughter, and they're all connected together through this relationship. And that's anybody who's in Philadelphia that wins something, they always say that it's special because of that. It's in our DNA, I think, as a city. Uh, as passionate uh, sports fans, and I make sure I want to make that tradition continue here in Connecticut. All right. Last uh, question, Kev, rooting interest question. Who did you root for in the 2021 World Series? Not 2022. We know you rooted for there. 2021 World Series. Who'd you root for? What are we talking about? Uh, Was it Astros Braves? Correct. Neither. Well, first off, I would root for the Houston Astros. I don't want to see the Braves win. Are you kidding me? Here's the the reason why I asked the question, because you sit next to that Atlanta diehard sports fan, L. Duncan, on a nightly Uh, basis. So do you root against her? Do you join forces? Can you get her to root for the Eagles this week? That's a good question here, Jody. And and, and the backstory is L. Duncan is a a massive trash talker. We had our way with the Hawks and – Sixers and boy, I had to deal with how insufferable she was for those, you know, two weeks when the, the Hawks came back in that series. And um, so when the Georgia Bulldogs won, I knew how passionate she was for that. And I kept on telling them they're going to win. And she was as nervous as any Eagles fan was heading into the 2018 Super Bowl. And I, I assured her, I'm like, the dogs are going to win. They're going to beat Bama. And, and she knew that I, I follow the sport, and she loved the idea that I was, I was rooting for her. And I, one of the reasons why I told everybody, I'm married to a Florida Gator, by the way, so I didn't sit well in my house. But I was like, I, live with, I, I, I work with this woman six hours a day. I need to make sure she's going to be happy with the dogs winning. When uh-huh. it came to the Braves, I was like, I don't need to hear any of this. You already won your national championship. I have no desire to hear about anything with the Braves this past year specifically. So when we beat them in the playoffs, Jody – there was nothing more satisfying than that, <laughs> than just saying, you get to go home, you can't even defend it. So it's been a great experience. Deep down, Ellis told me this, specifically this week. She said, I have a hard time rooting for the Eagles. I love you so much. I want to see you happy. But, man, I cannot root for anything Philadelphia. And I was like, all right, this is going to be our real first fight here. Like, like you're, you're going to draw the line here. 
And she's like, deep down, no, I, I'm going to root for you because I know, I know how much you care about the team. But she's like, it's just so much fun on TV when we can go back and forth. And it I is. was like, you're 100% right. Uh, Kevin, listen, it's a pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, love you as a guest. I love uh, you said such nice things about Jody and I at the beginning of your career, and we really appreciate that. And we'll talk to you soon. Fellas, you're the best. I appreciate the time. Keep doing the good man's work. All right, Kevin, Kevin Joy. Well. There you go. Kevin Nagandi, ESPN, one of the good guys. Uh, Jody, let's sneak in one call before the break so that we know that we're taking calls. Kim in Boyertown, what's on your mind today, Kim? Hey, Glenn. How are you? Great. So I just wanted to tell you of the crazy story of how me and my son are actually going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, my aunt went to the Super Bowl in 2011 when Green Bay played uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And they messed up her seat somehow, so they told her that she can get two Super Bowl tickets for any other game. And my son is a huge, huge Eagles fan. So about two weeks before the playoffs, she told us, she goes, I don't think I'm ever going to go to a Super Bowl again. Um, You have two tickets if you want them. (laughs) Two free tickets to the Super Bowl. So we're going. From the NFL. (laughs) Yes. The NFL messed up tickets a decade ago, and you're cashing in that shit now? Yes. Well, wow. it was holy AT&T mackerel. In, it was at the AT&T Stadium in Dallas, and there was, like, if you Google it, like, you'll see, like, there was a huge... Uh, I, it affected, I like, remember that. Yeah. yeah. I, rem- I remember. He was one of those lucky people, I guess. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, so the third quarter of, of when they were playing San Francisco, I when I realized that they were winning, I booked everything. So we're actually making it happen. I'm going with my son. He's 16. He's he's just so over the moon excited. And oh, we yeah. leave on Saturday. Uh, Kim, that is a great story. Count your <laughs> lucky stars. Root them in. Jody, people are finding ways to get there and good for them. Yeah, you, you brought this up earlier for those just tuning in. You you quoted some of the numbers on some of the prices, and they're outrageous. And you go, how can people afford this? Well, we found out there are very inventive and or lucky people in the Delaware Valley who are finding out how to get out there and not pay $10,000 a person. I love it. All right. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack. Now we see you on hold. We'll get you coming up. Uh, 94. All right. What well, we're watching brought to you by Gata Door and Windows. You can reach them at one eight seven seven Go Gata or visit them at gogata.com. That's go g u i d a dot com. Uh, Jody, we're going to talk about football movies in one second, but I just want to tell you, I did what we're watching yesterday. I'm watching a show currently that I think you would love. That gets a lot of advertising on ninety four WIP called Poker Face uh, on Peacock Network. Right. With Natasha Leone, if you know her from either Russian Doll or Orange is the New Black. Um, were you a Columbo fan? Not really. Oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken a Rockford Files fan? Yes. Okay. Like Jim Rockford. He was cool. Okay. Well, this is that kind of show. It's like a throwback show where every episode has a beginning a middle and an end and it doesn't have this plot line that you have to follow through you know years and years and weeks and weeks it's each episode stands on its own and she plays a well i guess a private detective but she not not by choice kind of falls into it. i don't want to give it away uh who solves these crimes it's really good it has terrific guest stars if you get, if you got time on your hands jody i recommend 
uh, as I did to everybody yesterday, but you specifically, Poker Face on Peacock Network. Give it a I'm try. absolutely planning on watching it. I think she's a tremendous actress. So yep. I'd watch it just for her, even if it wasn't all that great, because I think she's that good. And you're right, better advertising here on WIP and everywhere else. Uh, this is getting a big push for Peacock. And I hope it deserves it. I haven't watched an episode yet, but I'm definitely planning on it. And I think I will uh, enjoy it. Yeah, sorry, not a Colombo fan. Completely okay. and utterly contrived. Uh, okay. I hope you like this because it reminds me of Colombo more than anything else. Really? Okay. It, I, I, and I, hope, I love, I I love Colombo. <laughs> I, I, I was a Peter Falk guy. I thought it was really funny. Uh, um, I, okay. I know I'm in the minority on that one that yeah. most people love Colombo. Couldn't stand it. Okay. Not a little bit. Jeez. Ooh. All right, we'll get back to me on this because I don't know. Uh, but what I wanted to do today with you was there's no football today unless you're going to watch those Pro Bowl activities, which are inane. Josh Jacobs yesterday said on TV as he's – I don't know what he's doing, the egg toss or whatever they're doing. This is really stupid. So it's, there you go. But we got time between now and uh, next Sunday, 6.30 p.m., and I figured let's go over some of our favorite football movies that people will be able to find. So I'll ask you, give me your three favorite football movies. I'm going to give you my three, and it's going to make me look like a sap. But I'm okay with that. I, I'm perfectly okay. fine with that, that it's going to make me two, look two like a sap. Two of mine definitely fall into Sap City, so we may yes. not be okay. that far away. Um, honorable mention to Waterboy, which is, <laughs> if, sure, if it's on, not? I'm watching it. That yeah. just one of those, you're, you're, you're flipping around and down, okay, now I'm stuck for the next 45 minutes because it's got 45 minutes left to go. It's uh, one of my favorite Sandler movies. Uh, so that that would be honorable mention. But my top three all-time are Brian Song, which, of course, is heart-wrenching, the story of Brian Piccolo, uh, phenomenally done, holds the test of time, low these decades afterwards. Number two. Which Wait, I by the way, know, made Brian Balding or cry? Made me cry, too. Yeah. It's and the I'll movie that men admit they cried. I'll go, I'll go one better. I'll give you another one. And I know I'm going to get pushed back on this one. I still cry at Rudy. Ugh. Ugh. I know you're not a fan the same Ain't way I'm not a fan of Columbo. It still gets me every yeah, single yeah. time, even though I've seen it 47 times. If I watch it this week, 48th, I will well up again. It just, it has that effect on me. And I, I don't even like the fact that it has that effect on me, but it does. And I will watch it again and I will do that again. I will cry again. So two of them are actually tear jerkers. The one that I don't cry over, but I just stone cold love is Remember the Titans. So uh, my three would be Brian Song, Rudy, and Remember the Titans. Uh, I thought about Brian Song. Didn't put in my top three, but it's probably my top five. Definitely Remember the Titans. 20 years ago, based on a true story of integrating public schools and um, thus the football team down in Virginia, Denzel Washington, one of his great roles as the yep. coach who has to put it all together, a team of black kids and white kids. They don't know each other. They already resent. They hate each other because that's how they were raised. Uh, it's a Disney movie, so you know it's all going to work out. The players become best friends. They fight for the state championship. Very good football scenes. Great soundtrack. Uh, I love, Jody, the legendary scene of them running through Gettysburg in the cemetery in the middle of the night. I think that's mm -hmm. it's a classic. Okay, so I'm with you on that. Uh, I will include Jerry Maguire, um, and it's 
it's a chick flick. It's a romantic comedy, and it's a football movie, so it can appeal to a lot of people. Tom Cruise plays the agent who evolves from smarmy to enlightened, I guess. Falls for Renee Zellweger. But I, I watch it for Cuba Gooding Jr., who, by the way, won the Best Supporting Act, Actor Oscar for playing Rod Tidwell, every diva-wide receiver ever in the NFL. And one of the great things about Jerry Maguire is you can just watch it for the cameos because it's everybody from Troy Aikman and Warren Moon to Katarina Vitt to Jeff Lurie. And Rich Kotite has a cameo in it. <laughs> so for that alone, you should watch it. Uh, and the other one, probably my favorite football movie, and it's the, it's the oldest one from the 70s, Longest Yard, the original Longest Yard, not the Adam Sandler remake. I will go with you, Adam Sandler, and Waterboy. Uh, I love Happy Gilmore. I thought his remake of Longest Yard was terrible, but Burt Reynolds – when he plays the the former NFL quarterback who goes to prison for point shaving, well, for stealing a car and slugging a cop after the point shaving, uh, turns out the prison he ends up has a football team made up of guards, including Hall of Famer Ray Nitschke and Joe Cap and other real notable NFL players. And Burt Reynolds has to assemble and coach a team of prisoners, thugs, and mass murderers to play against the guards. The fix is supposed to be in, but of course, it's not a movie if the mean machine doesn't make it a game. So those are my three favorites. So there you go. I I will uh, tentatively defend Longest Yard Two, if oh. for if for no other reason, as you just stated, the cameos, Peter King, Chris Berman in the broadcast booth. Yeah, I don't, we're both. I'm not sure Peter not. King lists that as among the highlights of his own I, career. I, I would, I would, I would tend to disagree. I think Peter will probably <laughs> proudly say he should have been up for you know a supporting well, he, role. We've had him as a guest. We'll ask him next time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see if we can get Peter back on the show. No, I, I would not go so far as to say it surpassed the original. The original is phenomenal and might be my number four. If you ask me to go four deep, it would probably be Longest Yard. But I did appreciate the second one. Completely different, not the same. Uh, many ties, but uh, going for yucks rather than just serious. I like Longest Yard, too, as well. All right. Other ones that that uh, I, Ray and I wrote the uh, Ultimate Sports Movie, so other ones we have in there, North Dallas 40, Friday Night Lights, Varsity Blues, The Program, Any Given Sunday, uh, and as Merrill said earlier, everybody's All-American, all great football movies. So Let me ask you about uh, Any Given Sunday. Did you, you, you had that in your top ten? No, 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 no. No, top ten football movies or top ten movies? No, we had football. it as the number 85 sports movie of all time, not in the top 10 sports movies, but in the book. So here's the thing. When we wrote the book, Ray really disliked that movie. Yeah, it makes two of us. Okay. But when we wrote the book, we talked to like 180 players, coaches, broadcasters, and so on, and asked them their favorite movie. And a ton of players said that movie and said it's more realistic than people know. And that was kind of that moved it up in our um in in our rating of it. My guess would be and you can confirm or deny they fit the timeline. The players that you talk to, 
that was a movie that was out while they were right in the middle of it, maybe active play, maybe just retired. Yeah, probably. I'm doubting you had a 65-year-old guy who had played 25 years previously. Yeah, no, I, I would not think because we, t- we did talk to a lot of active players, yeah. Right. So that's why I think they probably liked it because it was while they were in the midst of the fight. So they related to it. Yeah, I didn't think it was good at all. I, and I'm a uh, there can't be a bigger Pacino fan than me. But yeah, no, not his. Not I'll his give you. I just role. actually picked up the book. So three. I'm just opening the book. Three players who were active at the time. Reggie Bush said the most realistic up to date football movie I've ever seen. Uh, veteran running back Rudy Johnson said this movie gives you a different look at football. Covers a lot of angles about what it's really like as a player on off the field. And Mike Leach, the recently departed Mike Leach said the opening scene did a great job of showing what it's like on the sideline during a game. So there you go. Yeah, see, right in their wheelhouse. So that yeah. that makes sense to me. Um, I would disagree with their evaluation of the film. Okay. Let's get Jeff in Wilmington. You're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey, Jeff. Hey, guys. What's going on? We're good. Hey, I uh, Remember the Titans is probably the one I like the best. And I'm, I'm not sure about crying watching Rudy, but. <laughs> I cried because and, I couldn't wait for it to end. And yeah. and oh, by the way, yeah. I'm not a Notre Dame guy. Even though McDonald would make you believe that I'm a fighting Irish guy, I'm yeah. not. I'm kind of uh, <clears throat> neutral. I'm Switzerland when it comes to uh, Notre Dame, which very few are. Either you're a diehard yeah, in or a diehard yeah. out. Really? But I just yeah. thought it was a it, phenomenal movie. I'm more like you on that. I, whatever you know, they're on. They're on all the time. So I watch a lot of college football when I can. So anyway. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about this game. I think you were talking to someone earlier about how this feels different from 2017 or the 2018. I think it's because this team is so much – was basically throughout the year has become expected to do this, to mm-hmm. win. That 2017 team was kind of came out of nowhere, um, sort of similar to the 93 Phillies. Right. You know, and you, you, you were – look, going up against the um, Patriots and Tom Brady, that was a tall task. So – we were more like hoping, <clears throat> excuse me, hoping. Uh, the, thus, the, thus the underdog <clears throat> masks. Yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. this team, I think I'll feel just as good, if not better, about this win if they win, because which I think they will, because now we're at the, uh, the big boy table, so to speak, with multiple Super Bowl championships. And Jody, you quoted Jeff Lurie at the start of the show. The gold standard. If the oh, Eagles no. win this game, they no. are the gold <laughs> standard of the National Football League. 20 years later, however many it is, since he said that the first time. Hopefully. Yeah, finally <laughs> may get there. Jeff, thanks a lot. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94. WIP, hey, if this cold winter we've endured hasn't yet convinced you to replace your drafty, inefficient windows and doors, maybe the great people at Guide a Door and Window can help by giving you one more month to do so at their best prices of the year. If you haven't taken advantage of Guide's big winter sale, Well, here's your last chance to do it. You receive 40% off every window and door you buy. That's right. 40% off each expertly installed, energy-efficient replacement window that also includes free, high-performance, low-E glass. And you get 40% off any high-quality door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And you can can buy now and pay later with Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans. Offer is going to expire at the end of February. Don't let this final chance for big savings pass you by. If your home needs new windows or doors, hey, call the experts. Guida, call them today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida 
or visit them at goguided.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack. Now let's grab a couple calls, Judy Mack, and talk to Bridget in Melbourne, Florida. Hey, uh, I lived in Cocoa Beach for a year and a half once upon a time, Bridget. Yes, that's awesome. Yes, all the shuttle launches too. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was I was there. It was really fun to watch that stuff go off. Anyway, what's on your mind? Well, I'm going to give you four of my favorite football films. One, something for Joey. Yeah. Uh. Was it Brian Song? Yeah. The Blind Side, and remember the Titans. I like Jody Mack. You definitely have a sentimental side. Something for Joey being the great movie about yeah. uh, the brother of Penn State. Uh, why am I forgetting his name for the moment? Help me. John Capaletti. Thank you, Cop uh, Capaletti and his and his brother. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like The Blind Side. I didn't hate oh. it. Uh, I read the book, and I think it might be one of those cases where you read the book and then you don't love the movie. Jody, right, what do you think yeah. of her choices, one through four? Like all of them, and I do like The Blind Side. I thought it was tremendously well done, and Sandra Bullock was phenomenal in that. Uh, so, yes, uh, her tastes and my tastes match up pretty well. You know who didn't That's... like The Blind Side? Who? Ray, Ray Diddy? No, the guy who it was about. Oh yeah, Ray. Yeah. Oh yes, I did hear about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there you go. Yeah. Good stuff. What What are you? Uh, where and with whom are you watching the Super Bowl next week? I am going to be in my home, uh, getting a stream done. I have a superstition. I don't want to jinx it. I've been wearing the same shirt since the beginning of the season. Brought them luck. My Eagles uh, sweat uh, jacket, Eagle socks. And I have a candle, and it's been working ever since. <laughs> Keep the candle burning, Bridget. Thank you so much. That's what I do. That's what I do. And I say a little prayer, and I say the Eagles' prayer. <laughs> Good work. That's got to be. That's got to be part of it. Does the Eagles' prayer include on the road to victory? I would. I would think. Okay, just checking. I I didn't know there was. A oh Lord, prayer. please help our team. On the road to, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Uh, we talked about our confidence level. Stanley apparently is even above us. Stanley, how confident are you? I'm apparently not that confident. Did we lose him? I'll put him on hold, see if we can get him back. Always love when you do the, the lead in Jody and the guy's not there. Yeah. Uh, Max in Swedesboro joins us. Hi, Max. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jody. Hey, Max. Hey, Max. Quick comment. Um, for me, I don't. Uh, I was listening to Tucker. I think it was Tucker last night too. I don't care if the Eagles get to the next ten Super Bowls; they're all going to be good. Because I remember watching the, you know, the Patriots and even the Dallas in the early '90s, and I was so envious of them that they kept winning and winning and winning. I don't know if you guys saw that um, documentary, The Captain, but it talks about. Jeter talks about. Only thing he talks about is the ones that got away, and that's the winner's mentality. They're all special. I like I said, let us keep winning. Let us have a dynasty. They're all going to be great to me because they're all going to have something different. And the thing is, the minute you start getting complacent, saying, "Oh, this one isn't as good," that's a loser's mentality because you don't know how many more opportunities you're going to have like this. Look at uh, Buffalo. They last year, the year before, they thought they're definitely going to get into a Super Bowl. Now it looks like they're on the downswing. So my thing is, let's just keep it rolling, keep it moving, and 
I don't care. Like I said, we can get to the next ten in a row. I'm fine with that. I'll still, I'll still think each one is. Yeah, great I, I, I mean, I, I guess I appreciate it, but I, I, I don't view everyone the same, and I don't view being feeling complacent if they don't feel the same. Did you, did you get his drift? Um. Well, the one thing he said that I did like was something that Merrill uh, pointed out when we had him on right at the top of the show. They do all stand alone, even though if and hopefully this is the beginning of a run and the Eagles go to a bunch. It's the second in five years, but they go back next year or two years down the road that we we always want to tie them together. And there'll be guys who are on both teams. So we want to compare and contrast. Oh, they are all individual. Because it is a different – there are changes. Even if it's not massive changes, you go two years in a row. There are guys that aren't there that were contributors that will mm-hmm. be gone, and new guys will have to step into their place and do things. So they, they as much as we want to try and compare and contrast, I think we do need to keep them as individual entities. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, each one is different, which is – I mean, that's, that's a good thing. That makes it more fun. Right. Uh, Stanley is back with us. Let's see if we got him. Stanley, you with us this time? Yeah, I'm here. Are you hear hey me? There. Yep, we got, we got you. you. I followed the Eagles since 1958, and I think this is the best team since then. And this is the most confidence in the Super Bowl I've had since the 85 Bears. Oof. That was a mismatch. Yes, it was against New England. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Why? Tell us. They have a wonderful offensive line. They can run against anybody. I feel that the three receivers are the best they ever ever had, and that's the number seven. That's who I key on when the Eagles are on defense. And he, I saw when he like bent that guy, guy's elbow back, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just key He's, on. He him is phenomenal. That, it's. You mentioned I don't disagree with anything you said in terms of laying it out. What AJ Brown has brought, um, you know, they traded from on draft night to the offense, um, and what Hassan Reddick has meant on defense. I mean, those two additions by Howie Roseman before the the year uh, have have put them where they are. In addition, to a lot of others, and in, and certainly in Jalen Hurts' improvement and so on. But those two guys and what they mean to the club. I love your confidence. You're a man who has seen a lot and that you feel this good about it. Makes me feel good. What kind of contract do you think Jalen Hurts is going to get? Jody, what's the rate these days? Um, now, here again, you, I, and Stanley will understand this because of our age. Uh, a half an album was considered a what? If you just had what? one song on the front, one song on the back on vinyl, it was a what? Oh, and uh, and uh, forty-five. Forty-five. That's where we start. No, oh. million per. <laughs> okay. That's okay. where the conversation begins. Not thirty-three and a third. No, uh, that would be him giving the discount that some Eagle fans have actually said to me on the air. Well, Jalen will take a hometown discount. Oh, no. no, he won't, no, and I no, won't. he shouldn't. No, it's his first mega contract. He was a second-round draft pick, not a first. Those high first-round draft picks get paid right off the bat, which is nice. He doesn't have that luxury. Oh, he's going to get paid, and he should get paid, and the word discount should never come into the conversation. Not my uh, my grandmother's old 78s, though. 
Yeah, no, there. At least we're not going there. <laughs> Seventy, maybe over the first two years combined, that would be yeah. a dis- that would be a borderline discount. It's, it's going to change life. the dynamic, and you know, you and I have talked about this, and every host has talked about this, which is, and this is where Jerry Jones got it wrong, because of Jalen Hurts' low contract this year, the Eagles were able to do so much outside and make the trade for Brown and sign Reddick and get those one year. Bradbury's, Kaiser White, those kind of guys. That's what changes next year, which will present a bigger challenge, which is why win it now, man. Win it now. Howie's got his work cut out for him. And I brought this up on WIP, I think Monday or Tuesday. I don't remember which night. Uh, and sure enough, I heard you guys yesterday. I know where I learned that the Eagles had extended uh, Stoutland University's stay uh, here in yeah. the coaching room. Uh, that was with you and uh, Mr. Sealski. I was yeah. driving around yesterday, which is great. They got another coach that they have to deal with, and it's the head coach, Nick Sirianni. Before that third season started for Doug Peterson, they'd gotten an extension done with him because he won a Super Bowl in his second year. Sirianni is on the precipice of doing the same. Do they treat him the same as well? Now, as you just correctly noted, Howie's got a busy offseason. As soon as his game is over and done with win or lose, Howie's got to get to work. Sirianni is something that they don't have to do, but there's a precedent that they did do it previously. You think they do it again? Yeah, I think they do. The precedent is the precedent, and it didn't work out with Doug. It backfired because of a lot of uh, extenuating circumstances that I don't think will happen this time. Carson Wentz, uh, (laughs) and so I think that to keep – Peace in the Valley, and while they're handing out, you know, the Oprah, Jalen Hurts, you get this, and you get this, and you get this. Yeah, the head coach got to be part of that. It's a good point, and uh, I'm not sure he's going to get Sean Payton money, but whatever the going rate is for other top coaches, he's earned it, baby. He should get McDermott money. and uh, Yes. McVay yes. money, because the genius that was out there in uh, Los Angeles kind of came back down to earth this year. If you're Nick Sirianni and you don't know what's going to happen immediately after a Super Bowl trip, you should at least ask for that. I think that would be fair and reasonable, and I think Jeff Lurie will do it. I mean, there's no cap on those things, so he can do it. And and something tells me, I I haven't looked at Jeff Lurie's bank account recently, but I think Jeff Lurie could probably do that and not have to uh, scrimp much on groceries afterward. Yeah, he's financially okay, and oh, by the way, He's going to be able to afford whoever he needs to bring out to Arizona, even at ten grand a person. I think he'll be all right foot. Yeah, he, he's he's not flinching at that. No. 215-592-9494. We'll take your calls, but Jody and I are going to have a little fun when we get back. We're going to look at this Eagles team, the 27 Super Bowl team, and the team that went to the Super Bowl in 04, and we're going to pick our all-star Eagles team from those three squads. We'll see. How many of the current team make our first stringers? Jordan McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Jody and Glenn on 94 WIP. Ask our callers to hold on here because I want to do a fun thing with Jody. And I thought of this the other day. Jody Mack, Fletcher Cox was asked earlier this week. He's, of course, one of the seven or eight players who were on the Super Bowl team in 2017 who are still here. So he was asked, if those two teams played, who did he think would win, the 2017 Eagles or these 2022 Eagles? Here's what he said. <laughs> who I think would win? 
Oh, man. <laughs> Probably 2017. <laughs> I think I disagree. What about you? I think this team is better than that team was. Yeah. Now, they got to finish the deal. Yeah. It's a great, fun question, and I love the fact that Fletcher laughed before he answered, which was great. Um, but they got to go out and win the game next Sunday because if they don't, then the question answers itself. Of course, the 2017 team is better because they they won. They upset the Patriots. They knocked off the gold standard of the National Football League. So if they lose to Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs next week, it, it, the conversation doesn't even start. It's ended. Okay. So it got me thinking, like, if we made a super team, from the players on this team, 2017, and let's put in 2004 Super Bowl team. Who would it be? So uh, let's go through position. I'll throw out the position. Give me your thoughts. And let's start where Fletcher Cox plays. Let's start with the interior defensive line. So this year you got Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. 2017 you've got Fletcher Cox, and a younger 27-year-old Fletcher Cox, and Timmy Jernigan. And 2004, the defensive tackles were Corey Simon and Darwin Walker. So we're talking about the two combined in yeah, each year. Yeah, they pick two so from vote, that. They don't have vote, to be from the same you, team, just the, the oh, two Oh, they best. don't have to be. Oh, just, no, 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 no. Just the two best uh, defensive tackles. This year's Hargrave, the 2017 Fletcher Cox. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Apologies to Corey Simon, who was pretty good, but I agree. All right, defensive tackle. Uh, excuse me, defensive end. Actually, it's not defensive end because the Eagles play a different system. I'm going to put it as uh, pass rusher. Okay, edge, edge. Very good, edge. So you got this Brandon Graham. This team, you got everybody sex quarterback. Well, you got. I'll give you three. You got Brandon Graham. You got Josh Sweat, and you got Hassan Reddick. Okay, he certainly qualifies as edge. 2017, you had Vinnie Curry and a younger Brandon Graham. And 2004, you had Javon Curse, big free agent signing, and Derek Burgess, who, by the way, Jody, I think was one of the worst interviews we ever – no, no, I, I was with Anthony at the time. One of the worst interviews I ever had in WIP. Not because he was a bad guy, just not a talker. Gotcha. All right. I think this one's also pretty easy. Well, I think one of them's easy. 2000. 22 uh, this year this year this year if we're taking three i'm taking all three from this year okay so i want to take two but that's so it's the interesting thing is brandon graham this year versus brandon graham 2017 he was younger he was faster he was stronger but i think this one is used so much better that he's better which I think you just were kind of implying. But, but are we only taking two, or are we taking nah, three? we're taking two. Three. Two? two. Yeah. I'm sorry, BG's on the outside looking in. You're taking Sweat? Sweat and Okay, that's uh, fine. Sonretic. But both from this team. Correct. Okay. Uh, linebackers has never uh, been a particular uh, strong suit of this team, but here's what you got. You got this year <clears> – excuse me, clearing my throat. You got this year uh, T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White – 2017, you got Michael Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, and Nigel Bradham. I might think about Bradham. 2004, you had Mark Simino. Wow. Uh, Dahani Jones, he stunk. And Trot. 
Can we start with Trot? Are we getting three? Yeah, getting three. Trot is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, I'd go Trot, Edwards, and... I think no. Bradham. I was going to go Bradham, yeah. Yeah, I think Bradham. You, Bradham you and I good. are in agreement. Yeah, okay. We have not really had a disagreement yet. All right, corners, and there have been some great ones. This is going to be tough because there's there's more than two really good ones. So you got Bradbury and Slay this year. 2017, the corners were Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. I don't think they're going to get in. But 2004, Lido and Sheldon. I'm splitting I, my vote. Curious to see how what you do. I'm going to take. <clears throat> now it's for the entire seat that year. That year, yeah. What yeah, they yeah. did that not not what they did for their career. You no, know, that year, yeah. Because there are guys at the beginning or the end of their careers along the way. I'm taking Sheldon and Bradford. Okay, I was saying Lido and Bradbury, but that's fine. That's that's there's really. What not did a lot I say, of Bradford, things. Bradbury? Yeah, you went Lido, I went Sheldon. All yeah. right, that's cool. So we yeah. split the the 2004 uh, DB. But we agree but on the concept. Agree and I that think Bradbury that... should make it over Slay this year. Yes, yeah, and that's no knock on Slay. It's just that Bradbury has been so good, and there's a lot of great guys there. Safety, and if I had this team, Jody, I would never lose. So, this year, you got uh, Epps and uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. We'll go with that. 2017, I got Rodney McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins. 2004, I got Michael Lewis and some guy named Dawkins. I like all of these players, every single one of them, but this is the easiest of the the positional breakdowns we had. It's Malcolm and it's Dawkins. Yes. God, could you imagine those two guys together? That would be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, All right. The, the, the capability of playing. And Jonathan Gannon plays his defense away, plays defense. Any defensive coordinator could figure out a way how to use either of those two safeties. <laughs> yes. Plug in any system, and those guys are very good in it, no matter what type of system it is. All right. So so we did the defense, and, and it is so far five from this team, three from 2017, three from 2004. Let's move to the offense. Let's do the offensive line. Uh, tell you what, we'll start with the tackles. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, the tackles this year, of course, and we should really do left-right, I suppose. Left tackle, Jordan Mailata. Right tackle, Lane Johnson. 2017, left tackle, Halapulavati Vaitai, who who stepped in, if you recall, mid-season, but played most of the season. And uh, Lane Did Johnson. Did he play more than, Jay, uh, than Jason Peters that year? Let, let me see. He played, he started 10 games. Wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah, remember Pieces it that way. Early. Yeah, wow. 10 games plus the playoffs. Uh, so Vitae and Lane Johnson. And 2004, Trey Thomas and John Runyon. Ooh. And I, it's only two. Yeah. I got mine. I go Lane and Runyon. I go Lane and Trey. But that's fine because Trey and Runyon are on the same team, so that's we don't we don't have to debate that. Right. That's the only. Okay, thing but here's the question: the only thing we've split so far is the uh, 2004 cornerback and tackles. Right. You went one way, I went the other. Otherwise, we agreed. Yeah, and they were really good. The, however, are you taking this lane or the 2017 lane? 
I got to take this year's lane because I he's do too. done it. He's he and, and add the uh, adversity of playing in pain here in the postseason. Yeah, I'm taking this year's lane over I, the previous. I, the younger, I, he hasn't given the up younger, he hasn't more given vital up a lane. sack in 30, 40 games or whatever it is, right? Right. Given up right. A pressure Some of that is irrelevant to the conversation we're having because we're only talking about this year. But he's he's old for this year. They're old for trying to get around him and sack the quarterback. How do you do better than Ofer at tackle? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Good. We have not had a serious argument yet. Here you go. Uh, let's do guards. This year, Landon Dickerson and Isaac Samalu. Uh, 2017, Samalu is back along with Stefan Wisniewski. God, forgot about him. Uh, and 2004, the guard. This is not the strongest position. Uh, Artis Hicks and Jermaine Mabry. You know what? Hold on. I screwed up 2017. Excuse me. Stefan Wisniewski and Brandon Brooks. And Brandon Brooks, I think, definitely makes it. Yep. Um, uh, Brandon Brooks I, was really I, good. I might surprise some people here. I'm going to go with Isaac. Isaac and Brandon Brooks. Okay. I, I think is, Isaac Samalo is, is yeah. so far and away the most underrated guy in the Eagles line. Because okay. the others are so good, he gets compared to Lane Johnson and Mylotta and Jason Kelsey and all that. He's damn good in his own right. Yeah, he's the And he just kind of gets overshadowed because he's surrounded by Hall of Fame teammates. But I think he does a hell of a job, and he would make one of my two spots. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. All right, the center. Somehow I think this is going to be easy and fun. <laughs> There's a guy named Kelsey who plays now. There's a guy named Kelsey who played in 2017. And the center on the 2004 team let us not forget Honey Buns, Hank Fraley, who was pretty good but has no shot. Yeah, I like Hank. Nice guy. No chance. None whatsoever. Um, much like with Lane, I'm taking the older Kelsey than the younger Kelsey. He's gotten, like, fine wine gotten better with age. I hope, like heck, he decides to come back again next year. It's Kelsey, Kelsey, but if you're asking me to put him in order – I would take this year's Kelsey over the previous Super Bowl's Kelsey. No doubt about it. It's amazing the guy's in his mid-30s, and he's the best center in football, and he's a Hall of Famer, and, and not to mention one of the most fun guys, great citizen. And I, my only question with Kelsey is if there's another parade, how does he top what he did five years ago? But that's impossible. I agree. All right, tight end. You got your Dallas Goddard. You got your 2017 Zach Ertz, and you got your 2004 Chad Lewis. Ooh, all good. Yeah, I think there's I get, a clear one. See, see, now, if if we waited a week and had the conversation, if uh, Goddard goes for eight catches and two touchdowns, it might be enough for me to move the needle to him. Mm. But without that number up yet, it's got to be Ertz. Absolutely. Jody, you're a genius, or just we agree. But yes, it's, it's, it, I, I, we may have one debate coming up, but so far we have had none. It is Zach Ertz. He's the guy. And by the way, that touchdown in the, the, the game clinching touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, wide receivers, this one's going to be easy. This year, you've got, we may have to pick three. This year, you got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins. 2017, the wide receivers. May not stack up as well. Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith. I liked Torrey Smith. Uh, 
2004, Terrell Owens, Todd Pinkston, and Freddie Mitchell. Wow, that's kind of cut and dry, isn't it? Um, <laughs> well, the first two sure are, right? And here's the way I would do it if I were you, Glenn. If you're only going to take one running back, then you should be allowed to take three wide receivers. I, I think we'll what, take three. Here's what I think. We're going to cheat. We'll take three wide receivers and two running backs. All right, then you're cheating. That's what I was just yeah, uh, yeah, no trying doubt. to get. Are right, you going to cheat or are you going to do yeah, it straight yeah, up we'll with cheat. 22 yeah, guys? Yeah, no, no, let's have You're fun. taking 23. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the two this year in T.O. Yeah. Stop. Okay. There's no Alshon, even with Alshon's whole help to blow up the team going forward, what he said and everything, it doesn't matter. Uh, he doesn't match up talent-wise with uh, his predecessor in T.O. or those who followed this year. Okay. Agree. Running back, you have this year Miles Sanders and the suddenly emergent Kenny Gainwell. 2017, you had guys who were passing through, but, boy, they did a nice job while they were here in LeGarrett Blunt and Jay Ajay. And 2004, it was Brian Westbrook, and I don't even remember who the second running back was that year. Well, the fact that I don't remember tells me that it's not not important. So we got to go Westbrook, right, as one of them. Mm -hmm. All right. You like Miles for one of them? Yeah, if we're taking two miles, would be the second one. Okay, and I'm I'm okay with just taking one and taking three wide receivers. If we truly want to do twenty-two guys, nah, nah. And, and sorry, miles. It's our it's our there. house, I'm our a, rules. I'm a miles fan. I want to see miles yeah. stick around and stay yeah. with the Eagles. But if we're doing it true to the twenty-two man starting unit, uh, I'm going three wide receivers. Yeah, only I want to get, get miles in there. Okay, fair now enough. this is the toughest. Everything's been pretty easy so far, right? I mean, there was maybe one or two like, well, do we take Landon Dickerson or do we take uh, Isaac Samalo? Nothing's been really Le- tough. Lido Shepard, Sheldon Brown. That's what right. we disagreed on. Yeah, and it was like the same team. So, whatever. Donovan McNabb, Wentz slash Foles. I guess it's Foles because he won the Super Bowl. Or Jalen Hurts. That's the toughest one. We've said this a couple times now, Glenn, and it doesn't do us any good seven days away. You need to get the final result. If if you make me make the pick now, it's Jalen Hurts. If you let me wait, it could go either, of course it's Jalen Hurts, or, oh, shoot, I got to think about it, between he and Donovan McNabb. I'm sorry, the uh, combination effort of – Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. I know Nick Foles will never buy a drink or a dinner in this town, but you look at the entire seasons, and Carson had a phenomenal season until he got hurt. No, they they don't. Neither one of those two yeah, guys no. come into play for me. No, I, that's I agree. I agree. Except you, I I think I take McNabb. Really? Two two th- yeah, two thousand four McNabb. He was not great in the Super Bowl by any stretch, but boy, he was great. And Hertz is too. <laughs> right, no. It's really a tough one, man. And I, I will not I will not hold just to this, and I don't know the answer off the top of my head. Maybe you do, and I will look it up when we go to break here. Was Donovan McNabb even in the running for the MVP? I don't know, but boy, 30, 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Had to put him in the running for that. I, I, I don't remember that. And Jalen Hurts. Yeah. If he's not the runner-up, then there needs to be an investigation. Yeah, he was in the, the Pro Bowl that year, but that means nothing, as we know. 
I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, well, you know what? They didn't used to have what they have now. They didn't used to have, you know, you get to vote for three or five. It used to just be one thing. You know, you, you only voted for one guy. Now you can vote first, second, third. All right. So anyway, here's how it plays out. Five for the 2017 team, six for the 2004 team, 11 for the 2022 team, not including quarterback. So whether you take Hertz or you take McNabb, this team dominates it. That's pretty dominant. Yeah. Very cool. That was fun. I, I'm not surprised. That's I, I wouldn't have known the numbers right off the top of my head, but I would have told you, oh, this year's team's going to win with more guys making it than any of the others. The fact that it's as heavy-handed as it is, that does surprise me a little bit. Can I just tell you something? Wouldn't you love to see that team? Oh, all those guys playing together? Yeah. The, the cherry-picked Eagles for yes. 2023? Yeah. yeah I think the team would go, right. That team would go undefeated. I think they'd have a winning record. Yeah, I don't think we'd have to sweat that. 215-592-9494. Richard Rick will get all you guys coming up. Appreciate your patience. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now 94 WIP. Let's talk to some of the people, shall we? Richard in Medford is there. Hey, Rich. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, regarding Jalen Hurts' contract, I have an idea that is unique but I think it is the most win-win possible scenario. So hear me out. I think he's going to get something along the lines of an eight-year, $240 million fully guaranteed contract. And I think that's going to help because he's going to then end up becoming the highest paid player in NFL history while also only taking $30 million per year against our cap. And I think when we beat Patrick Mahomes in a week, because I'm pretty confident that we're going to win the Super Bowl next week, I, Patrick Mahomes is going to become another player who won a Super Bowl and took a massive, massive deal. And as a result, ended up making it too difficult to fulfill other positions on the roster. And I think GMs and owners are going to end up deciding to do it a little bit more like Major League Baseball, where even though they're going to be paying players for eight years, they would rather try to do it in a fully guaranteed situation like that right. where it's going to help them fill other roster spots. Jody, what do you think? Uh, not a chance. <laughs> no prayer. Sorry, uh, Richard. Did, did, didn't, uh, apparently, Richard just tuned in because I stated this like 45 minutes ago. Yeah. It's not. Well, no, you said, yeah, I, I didn't just tune in. I heard you say that he was going to get the 45. Yeah, I'm explaining why I think. Yeah, you're saying owners, instead of someone like uh, let me, let me see if I got you right. You're saying instead of say six years, two hundred fifty million, half of it guaranteed, he'll go longer, less money, but all of it guaranteed. Yeah, uh, I don't know that that's his motivation, Jody. Clearly, you think that's not his motivation. I think his motivation is to get Deshaun Watson's contract. Yeah. Do, would you suggest that Jalen Hurts deserves less than Deshaun Watson? No, clearly not. And every penny I would say of Deshaun, Deshaun Watson deserves less than Deshaun exactly. Watson. Exactly. And that's a every penny story. of Deshaun Watson's contract is guaranteed. Yeah, what idiots they were. Yes. And I'm sure every every owner in the NFL is thinking what idiots they were because now I got to deal with that. Correct. Sooner or later, the NFL is going to have to come up with a system where if you have a star young quarterback, you don't have to cripple yourself against the cap. I don't know what that is. 
Maybe quarterbacks don't count against the cap, which is kind of weird. But um, the Eagles will not be the first team to have to deal with this, and I think it doesn't help the competitive balance of football. That you, you know, I mean, hey, the Eagles are trying to win on Hertz's first contract. That's the trick. But if you don't, what do you do? We've seen other teams be in that position. It's, it's not good for the league, is what I'm saying. I I will take us down memory lane of Mac and Mac again. Ooh, good. You and I had Bobby Clark on as a guest. How was he? And he was actually okay that day until oh. he said this one thing that I, I think I annoyed him greatly when I responded. Um, someone had just signed a massive contract in the National Hockey League with another team, and the Flyers had a comparable player, and we wanted to say, well, you realize that this player just got paid this, so you're going to have to play. And Bobby Clark said, I will not be dictated to by any other team in the National Hockey League. And my response was, yeah, you are, Bob. And he that, that, that the conversation went downhill immediately <laughs> thereafter. <laughs> you might not want to. You might think that it's wrong. It may go against every fiber of your being. But that's the way sports worked. It worked back then, 25 years ago, with Clarkie. It sure as hell works like that now for the Eagles to be able to say, well, just because the Browns screwed up doesn't mean we have to screw up. If I'm Jalen Hurts' agent, I go, yeah, you do. Yeah, that's the way the, that's the, way the salaries work yeah, in the, the bar, National the Football League right now. The bar keeps moving, and you know, everybody looks for the comps, and that is the way it works. There's no way that the – that Jalen Hurts' agent is going to walk in and say, okay, here's the three most comparable quarterbacks who have signed in the last two years. We're looking for this plus a dollar. And the Eagles are going to say, oh, really? We thought you'd go for 60% of that. That's, that's Clearly it's not going to work. Although I, I hear what the caller is trying to say, which is so I, I will take it to another sport and then tell you it doesn't really relate. But when the Phillies signed Trey Turner, they signed him to a deal that – or I'll even say Bryce Harper. What, 13 years they signed him for? Right? They're, they know they're not going to get much out of Bryce Harper 13 years after they sign him. However, they're just kind of kicking some of the money down the road. I haven't seen that happen yet in the NFL, so I don't anticipate that it will. I was going to say, do you, do you need me to answer the question for you? Or do you want no, to no, I'm just trying that? to – I'm understanding the caller's logic. I'm just not thinking it's going to happen. Football ain't baseball. Correct. Rick in Glen Mills. You're on with Jody and Glenn. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Good, Rick. Good. Want to talk about it. We know Jalen has to get paid, and I agree with uh, what you said. That number is not going to get it done. But I'm wondering about running back. You know Sanders is in a, a contract year. He's performing. I don't think they'll bring him back because they have to pay Jalen Hurts, which leads to my question. At number 10 with the Saints pick, do you risk taking Robinson from Texas? He's a stud, and he could he could really be more than a replacement there. What do you think? I don't think I do because I don't think I want to take a running back that high because it's not my offense to be focused on a running back that much. Um, that's that's the risk. I, I agree. I, I think um, Kenny Gainwell's really position. Kenny Gainwell's really picked it up, and maybe he's my answer. But um, I don't think I want to take a running back in the first round. I, My second question. I'm well, sorry. hold on. I'll just add one more thing, which is when I look at, as we were saying, all the guys I have on one-year deals, they're probably going to lose Bradbury. I may want to draft, and, and Slay's not young. I may want to draft a young corner up that high if there's one that fits. I think I probably want to look at other positions first. 
And who knows, he might be there at 31 uh, or 32. Yeah. But my second question, it's a good segue into my second question, which is about linebackers. One or two of the linebackers aren't going to be back. You have a college superstar on your team right now who couldn't, who can't even get on the field, and that's N'Kobe Dean. I don't know if he's a plug-in or not. He's small, and I don't know if he can take the tight end coming over the middle, and they've got to be able to use him somehow, but how do you view him fitting in with the linebackers that are going to be disappearing? I'll give you my answer to both questions. Number one, plug and play. N'Kobe Dean is going to be that good. I don't care about him being small. He's just that good. They need to resign Edwards. Kaiser, thanks for the memories. Hopefully you get a Super Bowl ring going out the door. If he's going elsewhere, somebody's going to pay him. You, you thank him for his participation. You let him go. And you just plug N'Kobe Dean in. Now, as far as running backs go, there's no way, no way, 0% possibility. You know, Mac, I always like to leave that 0.1%. I'll go to zero that the Eagles are going to take a running back with the 10th pick in the draft. Yeah. It flies in the face of not only this team and its philosophy, the organizational's philosophy since Jeff Lurie took over and Howie Roseman got back into the power chair. There is no chance. And, oh, by the way, I don't think B. John Robinson deserves to be the 10th pick in the draft. So, for me, it would be a reach to take him at 10. So, I say there is no way they take a running back at number 10 in this upcoming draft. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Frank in Bangor, Maine. Wow. Yes. Formerly Alani, now Bangor, <laughs> Maine. You can hardly Atlanta. tell the difference between those two places, right? <laughs> you could this week. How many degrees yeah. below zero was oh. real feel these last couple of days in Bangor? Last night, 19 below zero Fahrenheit. <laughs> real temperature. Wow. The, I hope you didn't the, have to walk the dog. And the 40 degrees winds, we we, we, we hit 50 below wind chills. <laughs> Yikes. Um, Guys, I, I've been listening to you. <laughs> yeah, good. Keep the fireplace going. What's stay, on your mind? Inside. Right, right, right. But, hey, 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 guys, we're, 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 we're talking about the, the futures and, 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 the, and the contracts and, and, the, and the great team that the Philadelphia Eagles are. I'm worried about next week. That's all, okay? I, 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 and Jalen Hurts is going to have a great game. We gotta throw hurts around, okay, to to be effective and win and scare him, okay, and and, and we can run our RPOs, and and, and, and I'm just on, you know, the bandwagon mm-hmm. for 60 years now, okay, since Franklin Field and my dad got out of the Korean War in '52, Frank. Know? You we gotta run, but you stay warm and you stay tuned and enjoy. Uh, so you, you know my son Ted Jody, you know him, and he lives up uh, around Boston. And he went skiing today's Sunday, Friday, in New Hampshire, at the base of the mountain. It was minus thirteen. No, yeah, it was minus thirteen at the base of the mountain when he went. At, at the top of the mountain's obviously colder, and you're moving. And he went skiing all day. God bless him. He must love to ski. Uh, yeah, he does. And he, he had a free day, and he went with his pals, and they all went, and they, they he did survive. I know that. So, yeah, better man than me, Gunga Din. That would have been a Pasadena. <laughs> you can catch me down here in the lodge. 
Guys, have a nice time up there on the slopes. I'll be right here. I'll have a hot toddy ready for you when you come down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, I want to ask you just one thing uh, that's uh, pertinent to, to uh, what's going on right now before uh, we go. And hopefully I'm not stealing from our producer, Dan Wilson, who's going to do things we forgot to talk about. Hold on. I'll ask him. Dan, are you going to talk about the changes in baseball and your what we forgot to talk about? Uh I was considering it, yeah, I can certainly All right, then it. you know what? I'll leave it. I'll leave it, and I'll let you do it, and we'll just take the break now. We've got time. We just need another call or two before we go. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now. That voice of Dan Wilson will be coming up prominently in the next section on 94 WIP. The birds are in the big game. That's right. Philadelphia, Kansas City. Get in on all the action during the game. And above and beyond what's actually happening on the field between the two football teams, I'm talking about added action for the big game. Well, the Bet Park Sportsbook Casino app, the only sportsbook that I recommend, has so many choices for you for the big game next week. Of course, there's the individual winners. You go to a point-and-a-half favorite right now, under-overs. But the player parlays, they, they will have upwards of hundreds, literally hundreds of player props available to you Want a hint? Jalen Hurts running yards. I'm just saying. If you've never played with Parks before, if you're a first-time player jumping in to have that much added action in the big big game, how about a $750 refund if your first bet is not a winner? Winner. How do you not take advantage of this? The Eagles in the biggest game of the year. If you want to jump in and become a player and get in on the action, including in-game betting, there's one place and one place only that you can do that. That's with the folks that I recommend and I play with, the Bet Park Sportsbook Casino. All right, Jody Mack, we covered a lot of ground today, had a lot of fun. want to certainly thank Merrill Reese and Kevin Nagandi for joining us. Terrific guests. But now... We turn the show over to our produce wire, produce wire producer, Dan Wilson, and find out a couple things we forgot to talk about. Yeah, so I got a few things on the docket. Since we talked a lot of football, I will start there. Uh, one serious thing and one running joke. Uh, the Super Bowl, obviously, in Arizona this week. Big you know, week for the city, big week uh, for that football community. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are one of two teams, them and the Colts, who still haven't found a coach. There's some hesitancy possibly to take on that Kyler Murray contract, even though there is you know, only 32 of these jobs. And the running joke, I don't know if you guys have seen it, whoever wins the Super Bowl will have more wins at the State Farm Stadium this year than the yep. Cardinals. Yeah, Kansas City beat them first week of the season. Eagles beat them week whatever it was. So, and the Cardinals yeah. won one they home won game. They won one game at home this year? Yeah. Correct. Oof. That's a rough time for season ticket holders. Wow. Okay. All right. And what's the other part of that? Well, so just they still haven't found a coach. Like Kyler Murray's yeah. kind of on a bad contract, and them yeah, and the Colts it's a bad are job. like it's, it's a bad job. But so you figure someone, maybe a younger guy. It doesn't seem like a Sean Payton or like an established guy type of job. But and, someone uh, wants a shot at cra- you know coaching the NFL. You would think is uh, Sean Steichen one of the names still running for that? Shane Steichen seems to be more Shane attached Steichen, to the Colts sure. job uh, yeah. at this point. Uh, the names that were circulating, and I believe going to get a second interview. Uh, is Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anaramo, I believe is how you say his name, and Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. Mike Kafka, former Eagles quarterback. All right. All right, what else we got? Yes, going uh, looking in at the NBA this week, uh, we have two bits of news. Number one is Kyrie Irving asking out from the Brooklyn Nets. I know, Glenn, he's a uh, personal favorite of yours. I, I, Jody, who the heck touches that? I mean, you know, the after everything he's done and – what he's put that franchise through 
and just what a complete nutbag he is. I know he he's a great player, but isn't there a point where people say, uh, "I'm not I'm not desperate enough to go for that"? LeBron will. Yeah, despite it, despite that he's bailed on every team he's ever played for, including LeBron. LeBron would revisit. And he's undermined Lakers, coaches. He's hung his teammates out to dry. He's he's had the whole thing with the the anti-Semitic thing. Okay, I have I, sug- it, I have I, suggested that uh, Kyrie Irving is actually an alien, not from another uh, country, from another planet. Yeah, so gotcha. I, I don't know that I would want any part of him. But the question you asked was who would, and the answer is LeBron would do it in a minute because he thinks that uh, just talent will out. And he, Kyrie, and Anthony Davis could do it by themselves in a game where you need eight, nine, ten guys to actually win. Well, he better be thinking short term because if he's thinking it's going to work out long term, he's out of his mind. Well, speaking of LeBron, uh, 36 points away from becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer, of course, about to pass Kareem, who has held that record for years at this point. Uh, do you guys have any memories, either of you ever see Kareem uh, in person, and any thoughts on LeBron You know, going to get this record this week? Oh, oh, I, I got go ahead, I got a go good first. Kareem story. Not yeah. Kareem, Lou Alcindor. Ooh, yes. The his second year in the league, the Bucks were in the NBA's Eastern Conference Final against the Knicks, and the Knicks took him out in five games. And my father took a seven or eight year old kid to Game Five, and I was there the night they chanted "Goodbye, Louie" in Madison Square Garden. Because the Knicks ran the Bucks off the floor by like 35, 40 points and made it to the NBA Finals, 1970. So, yeah, I, I saw him when he was Lou Alcindor before he ever became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, I saw him not as Lou Al. Well, I mean, I watched him on TV when he played in college uh, when I was a little kid for UCLA. I never saw him live then, but I certainly saw him play for the Lakers uh, here against the Sixers and also uh, in Detroit, I think the Sixers gave him the rocking chair when he did. He had like the all-time farewell tour. It it just went on and on and on. I think the Sixers gave him like a big oversized rocking chair. Um, so you say LeBron's thirty-six points away. What's their next game? Is he with? Because that's the one to have tickets to see if he right. makes the run. I, I I can give you a story there too. Was. Uh... ESPN schedule of upcoming NBA games. They give you the matchup where it's going to be broadcast. Yeah. And in the last column, they have secondary ticket markets where oh. cheapest seat costs. And you go through, there's like eight other games. Tuesday night, they're at home. Um, so there's like eight other games. Cheapest seat, $12, $18, $22. Cheapest seat, $229 for the, for the last seat in the last row uh, that's, available uh, for it. that game. Yeah, so on Tuesday, the Lakers are home versus the Thunder. On Thursday, home versus the Bucks. Both those games on TNT. If he doesn't do it Tuesday, he'll certainly do it Thursday. I wonder if he gets up to, like, 33 and takes himself out. Oh. Just really sets it up to do it early in Thursday's game, something like that. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I wanted to get to the baseball changes. Uh, Two aspects of this, both schedule changes and in-game rule changes. First, the schedule. A lot less divisional play this year. Uh, Phillies, for instance, instead of playing the teams in the NL East 19 times, going to 14 times. A lot of expanded interleague play. You play everyone now, uh, and American League teams guaranteed to come in at least once every other season. Uh, And then in the in-game play side... Wait, let's stop with that and then get back to the other, because I I understand, Jody, why they want to do this, because 
because you get a chance to see Aaron Judge and Mike Trout and Otani come to your stadium every other year. I don't like it, though, um, because the games that I get geeked up for are the division games. I like the games against the Braves and the Mets. I'm going from 19 to 13, I don't like. However, however, the flip side of that is if you play those two teams 12 fewer games, I know the Nationals stink, but I think it gives the Phillies a chance to have a little bit of a better record. Your thoughts? It all, it all comes down to rivalries and the fairest schedule. If you enjoy rivalries, if you enjoy the Mets and the Braves and teams that the Phillies we can uh, imagine are going to uh, battle with all year in the standings and would want to see that on the field, then yep. this stinks. If you want to, if you're a purist and you like, uh, you don't want to have to listen to the argument, well, they were in a bad division and that's why they won the division and that's why we're at a disadvantage come playoff time because we don't have home field advantage. That goes out the window with the new balanced schedule. So if you're just looking to have the purest regular season, the way they're planning on doing it going forward is the best. But if you're looking for more excitement in regular season games, yeah, I like the division-heavy uh, schedule better. Yeah, And then okay. as far as in-game changes, uh, three big ones. You have uh, changes to the pitch clock, defensive shifts, uh, and bigger bases coming in 2023. Love it, love it, love it. I love the uh, making the shift illegal, which I read a piece yesterday in the Inquirer that said it's going to really help left-handed hitters, which 90% of the shifts are done against left-handed hitters. A little light for Ryan Howard, but I, I love the shift being outlawed. Bigger bases will add to stealing, which baseball needs back a little bit. By the way, the Phillies were fourth or fifth in baseball and steals. Could help them. And uh, making the pitch clock quicker, like who could disagree with that? Joe? Like two out of the three. And Ooh. I don't dislike the third, but I think you've fallen prey to what a lot of other people have fallen prey to. The the, the extra eight inches on the size of the bag is actually going to increase stolen bases. Yep. No shot. I'll no bet chance. You. I'll bet you. I'll bet you stolen bases go up 10% this year. 10? You're on. Okay. There Do you I go. hear a stupid baseball bet coming along here? We have a stupid baseball bet. Jody, dinner. Uh, the loser pays for the winner. Dinner, and it's uh, 10% steals. In Major League Baseball, we will be up 10%. And, and you could very well win, but I will tell you it will be more because of the limited ability to throw to first base and hold runners on than that eight inches, your eight extra inches you're getting because the bases are bigger. But I, I made the bet, so I'll stick to it. I'll make our reservation at Ralph's uh, Italian restaurant mid-October. Feel free. Just make sure you bring your credit card. There you go. <laughs> And we include Dan Wilson in this. He comes. Dan in Wilson, of course, he's in. You bring all your uh, Eagle guys yeah. when you made those bets That's forever correct. with Ray. Yeah. So you better take care of Dan Wilson. Dan gets rewarded. Yes, and Jody, sir. You should enjoy paying him. Okay. There you go, Jody. A pleasure, my friend. Uh, we will not be together next Sunday Super Bowl. I'm. I'm assuming you're working in the morning, but I will be doing two to six pregame show leading up to the Super Bowl, the Fillmore East. I cannot wait for that. Dan Wilson, great job by you. I believe Rob Ellis coming up next. Is that right? That is correct. There you go. Stay tuned for that. Jody, have a great week, man. Go Eagles. There you go. Talk to you soon. Everybody, stay tuned. Rob Ellis coming up next on 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.